walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, in this art he is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. Ooh, what's up, everybody? Hardest part of the ring is here for a very, very special episode. Why do you ask? <laughs> well, take a look at the episode number, huh? What episode is it? Maybe we should call this episode mutual oral sex or something, huh? <laughs> 69 is a sex position. Anyways, we're here. Uh, not only is this a big show, because of it, it's the you know the milestone episode of 69, but it's also the first review of 1995. That's right, folks. The Wrestling Wars of the 90s series has finally reached 95. The very <laughs> critically acclaimed year of 1995 for wrestling. You know, you got a you got a lot. You got, you got a lot of experimenting. You got a lot of. Uh, you got Hogan running wild in WCW. You got Taz with hair in ECW. You got you know Mantar in WWF. Lots of good stuff. Lots of stout men in singlets in 1995. But makes for good podcast fodder, I guess. Right. <laughs> so I'm excited. As you all, if if you've listened to me for a while, you know I haven't. I have not seen this era in wrestling other than a few matches here and there. So I'm excited to get into 1995 and what better way than with the Royal rumble 95 occurring on January 22nd in Tampa, Florida. This was a, uh, it was a fun show to watch. I wouldn't call it good per se, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it just because you know, I say it all the time. It's just fun to watch it from a uh, in a historical perspective, just to see where people were, just to see how wrestling was stylistically back then. Lots of things that would seem cliche nowadays, but back then were fresh as a daisy. So, um, you know, we got, you know, in this show, Royal Rumble 95, we got a great, a really, really great, actually, WWF title match between Bret Hart and Diesel. We got some uh, Undertaker shenanigans with his hilariously big urn. 
We have uh, Jeff Jarrett is a thing here for some reason. I was hoping we didn't have to have to suffer through Jeff Jarrett more than we already do with my TNA series, but apparently he's going to be a prominent thing here. For, uh, I don't know, man. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. But we, uh, but more importantly than all of that, we have the initial spark in this show. Not spark plug Holly. We have the initial spark. For the WrestleMania 11 main event. And no, I'm not talking about the winner of the Royal Rumble going on to face the world champion. No, nope. no, no. That doesn't main event WrestleMania. What main events WrestleMania hardest part of the regular? I'll tell you. Bam Bam Bigelow versus Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, the football player. <laughs> Man, I've I've always heard mixed reviews of that match, so I'm excited to get to that uh, a little bit down the road. But yes, in this in this show, which you know, going back and listening to this episode, I don't even think we really touched on specifically what happened here. But basically, after the tag match that Bam Bam Bigelow is in, he uh, he makes a fool of himself. I'll say this just to you know avoid spoilers. Bam Bam makes a fool of himself. Everybody's laughing at him. The crowd's laughing at him. The wrestlers are laughing at him. Who else is laughing at him? Well, a, a big lad sitting ringside in Lawrence Taylor. Pointing and laughing at Bam Bam. Bam Bam is none too pleased with this. I'd say even, you know, pardon my French, he's a little ticked off. So uh, Bam Bam shoves Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence fights, shoves him back. There's a whole schmaz and a, and a pull apart. And that is your WrestleMania main event. <laughs> oh, fun stuff. Fun stuff. But we get into this in the episode as far as why that was probably the main event this year. And just all the crazy shit that was going on at this time. But like I said, milestone episode, you know. Sex position episode number, right? We're all we're all having fun here. First set, first review of 1995. So I have to make this a super show for you guys. So I brought three, three, count them, three decent podcast, no, three great podcasts to join me on this episode. And, and you know, no particular order. Um, I guess, you know, order of penis size. From uh, smallest to largest. So we have, uh, you know, myself. We have uh, Kenny from a Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast. We have Matt Ritter from the Smackin' It Raw podcast. And we have Joey Carney from The Angle podcast. All former guests of The Apron Bump. Some, some of my favorite guests that I've had on here. So that's why I have brought all these lovely, lovely lads together for a, uh, a really a good old time reviewing Royal Rumble 1995 and we're running under a slightly different format in this one so it starts off it starts off like a normal episode right uh, a traditional review that you would listen to on the apron bump but when we get to the Royal Rumble match itself the final match of the show that will be a watch along so we'll review the first uh, couple matches as per usual normal style well, once we get to the Royal Rumble, if you would like to, to pull up Peacock, 
And the timestamp to start is 1.57.39. And I'll put all of this in the uh, description of the podcast and on the, on the YouTube version, the video version, by the way, in case you guys aren't aware. I do have video versions of these episodes now. But uh, on YouTube, I'll have a, a ticker of some sort so you can keep up with it as well. And I'll have timestamps in the description of the podcast as well. I think I already said that, but just to reiterate. So, yes, the, the Rumble match itself is going to be a watch along. But uh, I listened back to it and you can easily, easily enjoy it uh, without even watching it. Uh, very little dead air uh, as we're watching. You know, it's four guys, so there's always going to be uh, talking. So you can, you can enjoy it without watching the Rumble. But um, I would suggest that you uh, pull it up somewhere on the cock. Pull your cocks out, everybody. <laughs> uh, the sex jokes are running wild. Um, <laughs> but yes, that's the dealio here. So let's get to it. Royal Rumble 1995 with four dudes with attitudes. That's okay. That's, that's not our name. We, we don't we don't actually have a name. We're, we're just podcasts. We're, we're not we're not douches. Dude, we we know you're a douche. I, I am, too. Yeah, right. Come on. No, that's why we're all together. It's just a big douche fest. Right. That's what the episode's called. Well, I, I let Joey and, and Ritter slide there. I said I, I called us douches. No, we all clean vaginas. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> finally, we're all here. Thank you guys hold once that, again. Can you hold that thought? There, my food arrived, and I'm just gonna put you it in the house. You cocksucker! <laughs> I just want to talk about Razor Ramon. <laughs> God damn it! What what timing on that too? It's like he he waits for me to rev up, and then he just puts the air out of my tires. Speaking of right. uh, Mantar's sweaty armpits, if I did take my shirt off, you guys would get first uh, first hand view of what mantar would look like without the clothes on oh yeah <laughs> you know i didn't even like associate ritter with mantar but now that he said uh -huh. that like mantar does have that like mm -hmm. like the, the beard with the bald head. <laughs> now that's all you'll be able to see right right that's what i'm saying like now it's like if he wasn't ruined already especially with his little waddle to the ring like the way he's like that's why i waddle Wait, what him. Oh, my god what I, based, doing? I based okay. my whole sexual prowess off mantar Right. <laughs> in and out of right. Can you please save that for the the watch along? Because I just want I just want you to say every bit of that. <laughs> oh, this is all this is all being recorded. Don't you worry. Oh, this is man. all my property now. <laughs> I'll repeat it. Is Mantar Mantar's on this show, right? Oh, it's his debut. So, oh man. Well. Oh, we'll talk. Oh, we'll talk. I got stuff to say about that one. Man, let's let's get the bulls unleash the bulls here for. <laughs> Is that, is that a phrase? I don't know. For Royal pigeons. Rumble, let the pigeons loose. Rumble 95. Once again, thank you guys. Kenny, you don't have any haircuts appointments no. coming no in haircuts. mid show again? Uh, I got I got a couple couple girls arriving in a couple hours. I paid for that in advance. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's why you masturbated before is to kind of prep for that. Right. You got to keep that stamina up, brother, brother. Yeah, you got to throw it in the bullpen a little bit beforehand. I'm with that's you. Right. <laughs> they call me the Mariana Rivera of... Uh, Baseball. What was that? Twinkle wind, is that you? Sound. Wind chime? I don't. It's probably yeah, it my door. Like wind chime. No. <laughs> I was like, no. I have that a... that ring door, so every time someone walks in front of it, it makes a. 
Are you about did to I send them to the wait, wait, did I send them to the wrong house? What's happening here? <laughs> I mean they might have if they came all the way up. Everybody's gonna have north. a delivery of some sort during the during the episode. <laughs> you know who would definitely set off a ring doorbell's razor Ramon. Oh that is such hey. a good point, Matthew. But speaking of which, Razor Ramon was on this show. Did you know? I don't know if you guys do. That's that's fun. Wait, what um, show are we talking about? Shut the fuck up, Joey. So Royal Rumble, nineteen ninety five. So first of all, open up. How have you guys? I know Kenny, you've seen it, but have you, the rest of you guys seen it? Yeah. Before, yes. I mean, b- yep. before this episode, have you seen it? Yes. Pieces of it before. Pieces yeah, of it. It's ingrained into my mind. It's it's like traumatic. Is it? So you Especially said the opening. You said this was one of your favorite Rumbles, right? Uh, I don't know why. But I think it's because Shawn Michaels is my favorite wrestler. I think that's why yeah. like, I hold it near and dear to my heartbreak, kid. But nice. um, yeah, yeah. And and then, like, I don't know, serendipitous, I guess, that I ended up living in Tampa. Right. Uh, so this is from Tampa, Florida. And then even weirder now is that it's from the USF Sundome, which if nobody knows, that's where WWE's Thunderdome is right now. Oh, really? That is uh, the Yingling Center. Yeah, that is the current Yingling Center. So, uh, huh. yeah, weird how that all worked out. Yeah, because I, cool. I noticed that when the show opened, it was from Tampa. I was like, oh, that's probably why it's Kenny's favorite show. But No, uh, I lived in New York, so I, I oh. didn't live in Tampa until way after this rumble. So, uh, so you it just there. all worked itself out. So you weren't there with LT laughing at Bam Bam Bigelow? No, I wasn't the show. there with LT at all. I was at home uh, laughing at Bam oh. Bam Bigelow's bloodied lip. That's good. That's good. But before we get too ahead of ourselves, um, <laughs> so this is the first pay per view of 1995, and I've always heard that 1995 is like the worst year of WWF. I know you guys kind of watching bits and pieces. I know Kenny, you're probably watching most of it. Would you agree with yeah. that? That 95 was pretty bad. Um, I actually I don't because I think 93 and 94 are in contention. Uh, there. Yeah. Uh, 93, 94. Uh, Maybe 94. No, because then Bret Hart saves 94, I would say. So 93, I think I'd put it at, like, number one. 95, uh, I like 95. There were some good things. But there was a lot of start and stop. I get why people say 95 was bad. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys that should have been pushed or started to get pushed and then either left or and WCW came into play and, and things like that. So I, I see why not people say 95 is bad. Mantar. <laughs> Mantar. <laughs> yeah, I... For, for, for my podcast, I usually watch all the Rawls and stuff before the pay-per-views, but I have pretty much given up on that in this time period because it is rough-ski. Because before, at least, you had Macho Man, and that was entertaining because he was on commentary, so he was like fun enough to watch it, but now he's not there anymore. Because Macho Man had just left the company maybe a month or two before this. All right. Um, so I think that's a big part of it, too. It was like a big transition period for the company. Still trying to figure out how to fill the hole that Hogan left uh when he left i'm waiting for uh, i paused there for a joke but um, my eyebrow went up (laughs) there it is that's all we need uh and we're still like a year and a half away from stone cold something like that so it's it's definitely like he's got diesel and stuff like that getting built up at this point definitely still a transition period but uh as as far as the pay-per-view itself as a whole i enjoyed i mean we haven't watched the the rumble yet but up until that i kind of enjoyed the show what about you guys just overall for the most part um I mean, it's it's 1995, and a lot of the shit's cheesy looking back on it. Right. Um, to speak to Kenny's point, everyone says, well, 93 or 95, but 
this is what wrestling does. I mean, you can make arguments for the 2000s, maybe the worst year too. Like you go up and you go down. People say now we're in one of those down dips. Um, I personally think the worst year in wrestling is probably 2034, but that's just me. Um, oh, that's bold. Bold who's statement a, to make. Who, who's on top in 34? Uh, John Cena the third. Um, okay. Man, he gets, he gets to work, huh? Re- Rena Reigns. He was adopted. <laughs> Uh, he, he's adopted John Cena III. Oh, is a he feuding with the Bella there. Boys? Uh, they're actually a faction. <laughs> they're actually in a faction. Oh, really? Yes, they're called. Oh, uh, that, that feud's still going on. Yeah, yeah. What are they called? I had nothing. I'm really glad Joey interrupted. That's me. clear. I completely. <laughs> he's shooting blanks today. Yes, yes, I shooting am. blanks. You know what's really crazy about this period too, though. It's the character development because, like you said, we had everybody leaving, really. And mm-hmm. it was before that real, I guess, Stone Cold, The Rock, make a statement. So it's that weird transition of the start of building characters where things are starting to evolve but not to where we knew they went. So it was just right. that weird transition period. So it wasn't necessarily a bad year of wrestling. It was just a transition year. And we have a lot of those, too. If you look at like t- like the WrestleManias – Today, a lot of people like to use those as a reference. Some WrestleManias will be like a transition period where the stories and the matches are not like those classic things we, we want to see, like a like uh-huh. a you know Shawn Michaels Undertaker match. But you also get different you know matches like what we got this year. Where this year was kind of a transition period, where to next year we'll probably have elevated classic matches that we're used to seeing. So it's a give and take, but it really was like a like a transition evolution type thing. Yeah. And uh, I was going to say, let's not lose sight of the fact that, you know, I don't want to gloss over the fact that, like, um, Bret Hart had kind of stepped up in this time uh, from the year before uh, to be that guy to take uh, the, you know, the perch. Um, Luger had failed miserably, um, whether that be his fault or whether that be the company, just to kind of tie us where we are in 95. So Bret's been on top. uh, Luger failed. Um, he would actually leave, I think, about eight months after this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he looked like he was going to be the next guy. So we really thought, you know, there was a chance for him to win the Rumble. Um, Bret Hart's on top. Diesel all of a sudden went from being Shawn Michaels' bodyguard to being the guy. Beating um, Bob Backlund. So Bob Backlund beats Bret Hart for the title. And then Diesel beats him in literally, literally eight seconds mm-hmm. um, to win the title. Um, so that's the period we're in now. And then now Shawn Michaels is kind of on the ascension too. So we're in this, like like Joey was saying, you know, we get these transition periods and we're really there to where we don't know who the next guy to step up is. We really don't know who's winning this rumble at this time because it's like, you could say Luger, maybe they'll try again. You can say all these other guys, Shawn Michaels maybe, uh, Bulldog. There's like just a bunch of guys that you're like, okay, they can take the next step with this rumble. Right. Yeah, and to what you guys were saying, this being a transition era, that's kind of represented in WrestleMania after this Rumble because it's main evented by a celebrity match. So it's almost like they didn't even have faith in any of the people that they have built up to main event the show. So it's like, okay, we're going to have you guys lower on the card, which I believe is HBK Diesel, right, for the title and other stuff. And then next year we'll have, what was it? Sean and uh, Brett, Sean and Brett. Yeah. I mean, there you go. I mean, those were your two pillars after, after that. Exactly. So that's a really good point, and that this is kind of a transition year. Are you are um, you telling me that the winner of the Royal Rumble did not main event WrestleMania? No. 
HBK Diesel main event main whatever the hashtag mm. was. Um, <laughs> but yeah, maybe if there was two nights, then then it would they would have main event. <laughs> they would have had three matches on each show. <laughs> you would have had a more spark three, plug. Three matches, an hour long each. Like, <laughs> and then uh, but yes, Intercontinental Championship match opens the show. Razor Ramon, the champion, versus Double J. Was he Double J or Jeff Jarrett? Or was no, he, he was Double J. Double, Double J, J is definitely the country music character. Right. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if he debuted. I don't think he debuted on this show, but I know he's recently debuted as the roadie yeah. with Double J, roadie. which is fun to see. And this is kind of a good representation of that transition because you have Razor Ramon, obviously. He would go on to be huge in WCW. You have Jeff Jarrett, who's back and forth, back and forth. And then you have the roadie, who's going to be one of the biggest stars of the Attitude Era. He like, pulls WWF out of the hole. He's one of those main guys. For anybody who doesn't know, he became, he went on to become the Road Dog. So Road right. is, is Road Dog, Jesse James. So. Yes, correct. And Jeff Jarrett would go on to become WCW champion and leader of the NWO and start his own TNA company. champion. Just, probably the most successful Jeff guy Jarrett in this would whole go on to be irrelevant. Yeah. yeah, he's fucking awful Jarrett. here, though, dude. He's he, fucking so yeah, bad he, here. <laughs> it was Ain't funny. Great? The, uh, the the next thing I'm reviewing is TNA. Which he's on top, so it's funny how those things kind of intersect over time. King of the Mountain. Like Jeff Jarrett. The King of the Mountain, my world, you know, all that shit. Um, but, so I made a note, so I, a full transparency, I watched this show, like, whatever it was, three weeks ago, whenever we originally were going to do this. And I made a note here, it just said, Opry joke. And I was like, what the fuck, I made a note of it. Oh, um, Grand, um, I think they said he was, um, oh my god. I got it. It was it, about the Grand Ole Opry, so he was like the Phantom of the Grand Ole Opry or something. But yes. Jerry the King Lawler makes some weird joke here. Lawler was like, What else is new? Jeff Jarrett has some big plans. He's not only a big star in Nashville, but he's going to be p- performing on Broadway. He's going to be in the Phantom of the Grand Ole Opry. <laughs> we just pause for laughter for all the, all the listeners. See, I thought you didn't remember the joke. That's why I said no, it. No. Because I, th- uh, I, I thought you were like, I, I wrote this and I don't know why. <laughs> I'll tell you, I did. I did. So I literally just like a few minutes ago went back. And it's just like right at the beginning of the match. So it's like, I got to see what, why I made note of this. Because it clearly just tickled my cockles when I when I first heard it. But I've listened to it back. It's like, what the fuck? Why did I even bother? Oh, I don't know. But anyways. But Vince McMahon fucking loved it. <laughs> Grand Ole Opry. <laughs> But anyways, start a Burger King chant here. <laughs> Kept saying that all night. Speaking of which, we should have had a drinking game for this. Drink every time Vince says machismo in this match. <laughs> oh, Jesus man. fucking Christ. We get it. Razor Ramon oozes machismo. It's fun. We got it, Vince. Enough. But I digress. But the match itself, I actually, you know, like watching these like 95, 94 era kind of shows. It's always fun to like watch as like a historical, like from that perspective. Like, it's very, like like Matt said, it's cheesy and all that stuff. But it's, like, kind of fun to watch and see what it was back then. Um, so I kind of enjoyed it as a whole. Uh, towards the middle, Razor Ramon gets chop blocked on the outside by Double J, injuring his leg. And Razor Ramon gets counted out. And so the match is over at that point. But, obviously, Double J can't win the title by count out. So what does he do? He calls him a chicken. He calls Razor Ramon a chicken. That's that's fighting words. Nope, 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 nope. I want to talk about this moment, actually, because this is something I noticed in in, in 95 uh, or so. 
I didn't know if this was uh, something that happened in society or if this was just in wrestling. But every five seconds, somebody is calling somebody uh, a yellow belly or saying he's got a yellow streak down his back. That's what triggered Razor. Not the chicken part. He goes, you got, you might as well paint a... He's like, I know you got yellow on you, but you might as well paint a yellow streak down your back. And then Razor's like, well, I'll be that son of a bitch. And like runs back towards the ring. Yeah. What's up with the yellow streak? Is it really that, like... It said so much in, in mid-90s WWF. I have, like, a dozen Asian jokes in my head, but I'm just going to keep them in there. See, all um, mine were golden shower but... jokes, so, you know. There we go. We're all equally garbage. That's good to know. All right, Asians and piss. I mean, that's where hey. everyone's mind goes. Yep. Got our WWE bags on our backs. <laughs> yellow WWE bags. There it back. is. Hefty, hefty. Um, but yes, as Kenny said, Razor is none too pleased with this. He is not yellow. He is orange, clearly. So he uh, sprints back in the ring. Uh, well, he didn't sprint because his leg's injured. But he hobbles back to the ring. And uh, they start fighting again. They ring the bell. Match is restarted. Uh, Double J's working the leg. Most of the match. Figure fours and all that. We see a lot of that in this show. Um, and there was one aspect of this match that I like. I think it represents why I like watching these era. this era. They do the figure four spot, right? And we all have seen, you know, the they tease, the leverage. You know, if you flip over, you reverse the pressure. But it's just like, it shows how, like, sometimes something so simple can be so good because the crowd was into it. Like, they were, like, doing it so, like, they were teasing it for, like, forever, it felt like. But it felt like it was building up tension really well um, when he was when Razor was trying to reverse the figure four. Um, but Razor Ramon, his leg, the damage is done. So he tries to hit the razor's edge, but he can't. Uh, he drops Jeff Jarrett, or Jeff Jarrett gets out of it, and he rolls him up, and Jeff Jarrett wins the match by roll-up. New Intercontinental Champion. And, yeah, I didn't see like, like I, I hadn't seen the show no, before. Did, I didn't know didn't who won this. No. Didn't see it coming at all, because he, he, Jeff Jarrett had been kind of like a background guy so far, and what I've mm. seen so yep. far. So it seemed like they were putting the rocket on him. They gave him, they gave him the roadie. Of course they were putting the rocket on him. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, Jarrett Jared came out of nowhere, and I'm talking about, like, vivid memories of watching this live. Um, and, yeah, it was just, like, um, you know, for historical context, like, Razor was the guy. Like, Razor looked like he was going to be WWF champion within a year, you know? Yeah. So for them to have Jeff Jarrett win the title off of Razor was a big deal. Big yeah. deal at the time. And, you know, uh, I, I mean, we thought, you know, at the time, maybe that meant something bigger for Razor, which maybe right. they did have that planned. But, you know, obviously Scott Hall behind the scenes wasn't uh, yeah. the best. So who knows? I mean, who knows? But it was definitely obvious that Razor had something going on. Yeah. Yeah. There's this thing backstage that they have that I've, I've actually learned from talking to someone who went through it. If they... Uh, if they offer you a new contract or if there's something going on with your contract it's expiring or whatever's coming up, they'll say, okay, uh, here's your new contract. And if you don't sign it in the amount of time that they want you to, they'll start taking things away from you. So that could also be part of what happened there. His contract dispute, you know, going to WCW or whatever's going on. A lot of stuff happening backstage that wasn't being uh, like shown or talked about leading up to everything that happened. So it could be the start of that, which kind of, you know, mm. came out, turned out to be happening in the ring where they start taking things away from him. 
you know, start killing his push or whatever. A lot of you would think watching wrestling for so long, we all have, oh, they're taking the title off that guy. Oh, he's being pushed somewhere else. He's going to be elevated somewhere else. It's not always a case, you know? So I definitely right. think it's something along the lines <laughs> with his contract. It's Ritter, Ritter's name. So let's call attention to uh, Jeff Jarrett's <laughs> ring gear because uh, I, I actually had this thought. Um, funny you mentioned that. I had this thought maybe like a year ago. I had an epiphany. Wait, and so I wonder if we have the same we, one. We, have con- we might be on the same okay. page here. Okay. And does not it ha- if I, it is. Does, does it have is to it do a, with a, him? Guitar? Yes. Yes. Okay. I realized it was, uh, it was like freaking guitar strings. Like it was supposed to be a fret. Ugh. That's what you okay. Yes, I was literally like I. I was too focused on his hard nipples to understand that it was supposed to be a fret, and no. it like it hit me like no. a year ago, and I was like, "Oh my god!" It literally just and hit me sudden, as we were talking genius. about this match. I was thinking because it always bothers me. I'm like, his ring gear looks fucking terrible. I'm like, "Holy shit! It's a fucking guitar! Like it's it's the fret from the guitar! Like it's just oh yeah mm. that makes me hate Jeff Jarrett even more. I didn't think it was so possible. You didn't know that. No, no, I didn't Kyle. know that. But again, it was just so spaced out. Like, I don't think, like, I think that's why it took uh, us liter- literally, what, freaking 20 years to realize it? He because should, He should have pulled like a Mantar. It, Mantar and have, like, a little, like, thing of the guitar on his head. That, that's what it is. <laughs> and no one ever referenced it. No one ever said anything about it. Like, you would think commentary would, like, mention something. They probably I think it was too smart. Get it over. Yeah. yeah, they didn't know. Vince was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> Jerry Lawler is in here with his book of one-liners. He's not paying attention to the match. Yeah. Man, that is... T- talk about tuning up the band, huh? That could have been, uh, hey. been Jared's thing. He's in the corner. He's, you know, doing... Kyle. Here. Sweet whatever. chest music. Yes, so there it is. Somebody oh, could take it. If anybody's listening to this, I don't think that's copyrighted yet. Um, no, it is now. Hold on. Give me my... Where's my phone? <laughs> But yeah, man. Saw saw anything else on that first match? I thought it was pretty solid. No. Um, it was a it was a good match between like you, like I literally was like, okay, these are our next two guys, and um, you know, to Joey's point, you talk about um, you know, taking stuff away. It's the infamous line that that um Eric Bischoff said to Jericho, which is no ticky, no laundry, which is mm-hmm. if you don't resign a contract, you know, obviously it's racist, but um. If you don't sign a contract, we'll take stuff away from you. But I didn't get that sense from Razor because remember they didn't really start de-elevating him until like May. And in fact, if you think about it, he was it was a knee injury and a quick roll up, so they were still keeping him warm. Yeah, it's not like he got uh, I don't want to say buried, but you know it's not like he lost in a uh, you know big Clean. fashion. Yeah, yeah. And R- Rody so. was involved too, I believe, yeah. if I remember exactly, correctly, yeah. with distracting him and stuff. Um, what did what did Razor go out? Because I'm not really familiar with '95 and what Razor did. What did he did he ever like elevate to the main event during that year? Uh, he fought Shawn Michaels again. Did he? Wow. In a ladder match. Oh, that's right. They did have it. That's right. <laughs> they did. What'd you know? Ladder that? match part two. Um, Kenny, that was pretty. But good. again, remember this is when Razor was having some problems too. You know what yeah. I mean? So, um, I don't think. Yeah, for all we know, there's a lot of backstage stuff going on. Um. Because, yeah, I don't think he had, like, a really memorable 95. He was really feuding with Jeff Jarrett. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, he did. I remember him doing the ladder match again at SummerSlam 95, part two. Right. Both of them baby faces, which was great. I can I have that match memorized. Have you done that episode? I called it. No, no. I don't think I've uh, <laughs> even seen it before. So that would be a little treat you call dibs. So, so another five years when we get around to it, Kenny will be on that show. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
But after so, we won't go into every segment in the show. But I have to acknowledge Todd, Todd Pettengill. Todd Pettengill just trying to fuck Pam Anderson throughout the entire show. It's like me and Ritter on this on, on like <laughs> this episode. You know, like I'm just trying my damnedest to get his attention. Right. So and he's yeah, undressing. It's, it's He's undressing behind the little partition thing and has his panties over did, the... Did you, did you get my gift? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was supposed to be a dozen roses. And he's like, she's like, it's like it's a little tiny rose. Ugh. That's all You Todd can't needed. do this nowadays. Because the whole, just, I mean, just to run the gamut of these, since you're not going to touch on all of them. Literally, it's all the male talent fawning over Pamela Anderson throughout the whole show. Like, every little segment. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's so awkward looking back on it. Because it was like... It was supposed to, mind you, it was supposed to be awkward and cheesy, right? Yeah. Like, that was the intent. I don't want anyone to think, like, oh, they thought this was good television. No. Mm -hmm. But it was so weird. It was just so weird. Uh, like, they would never do something like that nowadays. No. And while we're talking about it, this is later in the show. But one of my favorite parts of the show was Jerry Lawler. He had the, uh, I forget what it's called, but it was like, you know, in the football when they draw the Se arrows and stuff. Se seismograph. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, something like that. But they, uh, they revisit pam anderson arriving you know she, she comes in the limo or the car or whatever she gets out of the car so it's like a freeze frame right of pam anderson <laughs> jerry lawler takes you know whatever the marker or whatever he draws he's trying to draw arrows and whatever but he's having problems with it and he draws his face on it kissing pam anderson so he's saying that uh, he's gonna fuck pam anderson later after yeah. todd pettengill gets done with her oh and and uh vince mcmahon because he's so witty um when uh when jerry lawler is like you know, we're going, we, we don't want to tell you where we're going in Tampa because the, uh, the miscreants will descend on it, you know, the Tampa idiots or whatever. And then Vince is uh, in, in his infinite wittiness. We all know the restaurant you're going to. Where? Burger King. <laughs> That's good shit. That's actually great comedy. <laughs> to just imagine but that the NFL like decided to use this. Oh, go ahead, Kent. What was that, Joey? No, no, I'm just, I was just making a stupid joke off of what Kenny said. <laughs> Let's hear it. That Burger King was being sponsored somewhat or something. I don't know what it was. They said it so many times. It could like, have been. But Kenny said, like, for what? <laughs> Burger King's got to get their royalties. Um, I just, I can't imagine how oh. the NFL wasted this technology to draw plays and highlight, like, what happened after <laughs> when clearly this is how it should be used. Like, WWE was doing this in 95, showing you what you should be doing with this. Like, instead of showing the line of scrimmage and drawing your X's and O's and routes and shit. Like, why not just draw a giant dick on the TV? That's almost what happened, which is... <laughs> God. But... Jerry the King Lawler slanging that thing. Jerry the Slang King Lawler. I never really... Yeah, that happened. ...had the impression that Jerry Lawler has a big penis. I feel like it's pretty small. Oh, it's huge. I've seen it. Oh, yeah? Prove it. Share that screen. <laughs> Kenny's got it pulled up, ready to go. Let's just... <laughs> Let's just say I was younger. Never mind. Just never I said <laughs> Peacock, Kenny, not the... Whatever. Um, but... Not King's Cock? Speaking of cocks, we got two cocks right here. We have the Battle of the Ties. IRS versus Undertaker. Why did this match get so much fucking time? That, um, because it is Bray Wyatt's father versus the Undertaker, goddammit. I will watch this every day of the week and five times on Sunday. This is amazing it, it wasn't a bad it wasn't a bad match i mean obviously obviously mike rotunda is like a, an amazing worker you know what i mean so i i, I get it but like you mean erwin sorry ir irs erwin <laughs> arshyster uh -huh. but it's just like 
did this need to go as long as it did, especially with the, the shenanigans after the fact? It's like we could have just had this like killed and that would have been it. Yeah, know. it's like you said, is the shenanigans after the match. That's really like the takeaway here. Um, but really, I mean, like you said, it's a, it's longer than it should have been when really what it amounted to was I'll put it this way. This is how it started. So it starts off with IRS drop kicking the Undertaker and the Undertaker being completely unfazed and then IRS running away. And he runs away from Undertaker for like, what, 15 minutes or something. That's pretty much what it is. Right. And um, by the way, I should mention this this match, why it's occurring is uh, so Undertaker was uh, put in a casket by Yokozuna. At, I think it was last year's Royal Rumble. And Undertaker took some time off. He came back at SummerSlam. And then he faced Yokozuna at Survivor Series in a casket match once again, which Undertaker won. But he won in spite of a bunch of heels trying to interrupt and interfere, try to... He buried the whole heel roster. Literally every he heel that they had in, in 94 came out. Chuck Norris <laughs> punt kicks Jeff Jarrett, which is why we thought he... Or, you know, karate kicks him. That's yeah. why we thought Jeff Jarrett was a jobber. Like, holy crap. Yes. And <laughs> it's like you have all these heels to use, and you pick Erwin R. Scheister to be that guy, because in that match, because everyone's pretty much in a group, they're all, whatever, attacking Chuck Norris and whatever the fuck. But IRS is the one that gets the spotlight by choking out the Undertaker with a sleeper hold, putting him to sleep, and almost gives him, you know, the loss there, but Taker you know, rises up or whatever, um, et cetera, et cetera. You know how it goes. But that's essentially why we're having this match. And then you have the whole aspect of Ted DiBiase and the Million Dollar Corporation. DiBiase is the one that brought him in, so I guess there's a tie-in there, too. But Which I didn't, I, I never realized at the time, by the way. Like, for some reason, it didn't click that, like, oh, it's DiBiase that brought him in. Yeah. So that was the tie-in to the Million Dollar Corporation. Yeah. So I guess that's right. why I wasn't so invested in the feud. But then, like, every five seconds, you want to talk about Burger King at nauseum. They keep literally saying, where are the Druids? Where are the Druids? The Druids, the Druids, the Druids. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yep. And then the Druids come out after. <laughs> but that's, yeah, it's so anticlimactic because they literally mentioned it the entire match. It's like saying, yeah. I don't know, like you literally ruined the big spot. That's... Yeah, there's no subtlety, and it's just like, oh, okay, here's the Druids. Um, but Ted brings them out midway through the match, I guess. Uh, they interrupt. Taker's going for old school. They interrupt that. What was it? Old school? I think it was. I think it was just school at, the, at that it time. Was a actually, school yeah. at the time, yeah, yeah, it was preschool. Definitely, definitely, definitely a '95 uh, uh, learning uh, education, um, building of education. Sorry, my brain didn't work right there. Does it ever? <laughs> So the Druids get involved. They, uh, you know, Taker goes for a tombstone. Uh, they rip off IRS. Taker boots all the Druids out of the way. Um, one thing I did like about this match, though, is that the managers felt like they had a purpose. Because, yeah. like I said, you know, DiBiase's there. He's he's helping IRS. He holds, you know, Taker against the ropes for IRS to hit him. He brings out the Druids to help. And then you have, on the other side, you have Paul Bearer holding the urn. And that's really the whole, you know, the premise of this match is that the urn gives undertaker Power. his powers yeah. exactly and um so that, that's what paul bearer is there he like holds it up and undertaker you know rises up if he's knocked down and all that stuff so that's a, a, a neat little thread throughout the match even though it was kind of a plotting match but you know the, the backstory is there um but ultimately undertaker just hits a choke slam on irs for the win out of nowhere <laughs> so great match <laughs> wonderful thank you thank you and uh yeah, then after, the Druids kind of just awkwardly attack The Undertaker. King Kong Bundy comes out for some reason, beats down <laughs> the Undertaker. The walking condominium. The walking egg. 
and uh, <laughs> like Mantar and Ritter combined and had a gargantuan <laughs> baby. <laughs> is that who Mantar is? Is he just King Kong Bundy inside that costume? I believe right. it. Uh, <laughs> oh, and let's talk about um, the big urn that uh, the Undertaker had. A really, really big urn. Ritter, anything you want to say on that? Um, I don't know what was bigger. IRS's penis, my boner for Ginger Taker, or the size of this novelty urn that they were carrying around. You can <laughs> kill a family of four and fit their ashes in there and still have room. Like I have no idea why the urn had it's to a be hotel that in there. big. I, I can tell you why. Uh, I don't know. When was it? Was it? Survivor Series 94? No, no, it was Summer uh, SummerSlam 94. I can tell you why it was that big. Because the original purpose of that urn was when they he he shook it and he's like, oh, my Undertaker's coming back. And then like the light came out of it and he was doing all this. So remember, technology in in '94, they didn't have these big ass LEDs. They probably had like the, probably Thomas Edison himself was inside of his urn, <laughs> right. and they shine the light off of it. So they just obviously Vince is like, damn it, I paid five thousand dollars for that urn. You're gonna fucking use it. <laughs> so that's literally probably why they still use this urn. Probably. I'm just, I'm totally looking at it, I'm like, too. how many people do you have to burn to fill that urn? Like, what would, literally, it would have to be a family of four died in a car crash, and then they cremated all of them together, <laughs> so that, you know, you didn't have to carry four urns around. Like, there's no reason to have an urn that big. Well, Come it was on, the guys. population of Death Valley in there. Yes. Oh. No, this, this, the Undertaker's power is just so massive, like, you, there needs, right. you need something to hold it all you in. Gotta slang you know? that thing. Yeah. Mm. It's like, the, it's the Undertaker. Is that that's thirty years of power right there? Ashes to asses. <laughs> Can we get a ashes to? Thank you, Kenny. <laughs> Sounds like a, Can we get a Burger King chant? <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> also, so I didn't watch any of the build up to this, but I, I I was very confused. Like I get everyone has their price, but like the Druids going forward have uh -huh. been Undertaker's thing. So, uh, did were just two of them randomly cheap enough to take Ted's money and turn on Taker? Like, when did yeah, they? Say, when they did they change them at some time? Yeah, it was was it Survivor Series or something? Like the whole there was a storyline in in this that he had paid them off or something yeah. like that to to join him. So I think it was like Undertaker was like looking for the Druids and then they turned on him and stuff like that. So I don't remember the exact storyline. It was uh, in between Survivor Series and Rumble, which. Yeah. I, Peacock fucked me over, so I didn't watch any, but I didn't really have any interest in watching this anyways, but, um, but the Raw is in between, but, uh, <laughs> so one, one thing we have to note after this match, IRS batters Paul Bearer in the back of the head, takes his, no, he doesn't take the urn, you ready for this, guys? <clears throat> he repossesses the urn. <laughs> yeah. Just like, because he's the IRS would. That's his. Skip just got chills. Skip, folks. Are are we are we implying that Paul Bear was making payments on this big ass urn? Oh, see, there's a whole layered backstory that we're not even we're not even grasping. It was a leased urn. Right. <laughs> they really missed urn. They really missed the boat on having the repo man come out and get the urn. Yeah. <laughs> a couple years too late off of that. He was uh he was playing golf down in WCW. <laughs> Black Top Bully or whatever the hell his name was. So I don't know why I randomly thought of it, but uh something that else that was just mentioned a lot, and I didn't know if they were trying to get into international markets better or something, whatever the hell. They kept mentioning what the fucking time was in the UK during this pay per view. Every two seconds they were like, 
Jerry, what, what's the time in the UK? He's like, it's like a little after 2 a.m. See, look at Mickey's hand. <laughs> I think, and it's yeah, there was something there that started showing pay-per-views over there. There was something along those lines. That's probably what it was. Yeah, because they, they mention it every every couple minutes. I don't know. They don't matter. They're not real people. Or maybe Burger King was now established in the UK. Oh, Burger Queen, huh? Oh. Huh? Yeah. Or they were just huh? catering to that WWE network audience just really, really, really early. Like, fuck everyone in America on Peacock. We're going to pay attention to who's got the network still. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Well, Vince, Vince was foreshadowing because he said it so many years ago he wanted the network. So he was just seeing how it would work, really. Yeah, that's, he's smart. That he is. He is. The genius. The genius he is. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Undertaker stumbles to the back, which is an aspect I liked because he no longer has the urn. So now he's powerless, I guess. So he's a flaccid taker, some may oh, say. Damn it. I was literally going <laughs> to say he lost his boner. Fuck. I saw the boner on the tip of your tongue. But <laughs> that's it. Anything? Got anything? Hmm? Nothing. Boners. WWF Championship <laughs> match is next. We have uh, Diesel the Champ versus Bret Hart. So as Kenny mentioned earlier, Diesel is fresh off his win over Bob Backlund, who was champion for whatever reason he was champion for a few days uh at the end of he was the midst of this situation he had to transition yes. it from some from uh one person to the next i never thought bob Backlund would be compared to the miz but never here we are i mean here they we both have the same exact penis side that <laughs> you know probably what do you think rids wait for you ritter i, I love his name, name changes again. sorry um yeah <laughs> He was just, he was just like was Ginger just Daddy Earn something just now. That just it was Ginger out. Taker's big ass Earn. Now there it's Diesel's uh, Daddy. Um. There. <laughs> but uh, anyways, anyways, so we have uh, Diesel. Like I say, so he's new champion. Uh, don't I, I miss his music? I loved it when his music was literally just a horn, over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> now we get now those in Braun Strowman's gimmick. Yes. Oh my god. Oh god. Um, <laughs> and this is you know the first part of the show, I believe, where we see LT in the audience prominently, at least. No, he was. They showed him throughout. They actually did a really good job of kind of like calling attention to it every now and then, so that like, right? You know, obviously stuff's gonna happen, but you knew LT was there. But the reason they emphasized it here was because <clears throat> they kept saying. Um, LT was invited by Big Daddy Cool Diesel, the WWF champion, to sit ringside. Hmm. And Diesel almost misses his cue here because he walks up the stairs and then goes, oh, shit, I'm supposed to go to LT. Right. Walks yes. right back down and then goes and says hi to LT. God. Um, but yes, so LT is there. Brett and Diesel are there. Uh, the match itself I thought was fucking great. This is my first time seeing it. I think this is the best yep. Kevin Nash match I've ever seen. That's what I was going to actually i wanted to point out was like i think a lot of people don't give kevin nash enough credit that like when he has a good dance partner and bret hart is the best dance partner you can ever have in mm -hmm. professional wrestling and i mean that wholeheartedly he could make a fucking broom look good you know yeah. what i mean uh but kevin nash had to be there for that too as in like his timing mm -hmm. uh everything he does not get enough love because a lot of people look at his wcw run where he didn't give a shit he was he just had a kid he had money he was happy right mm -hmm. you know we're good I think he says on paper, like, hey, we're good, you know, like literally just went along with anything. Mm -hmm. But at this time, the man was hungry and he was trying to prove himself as WWF champion and you yeah. could see it. And he and Brett had probably one of the best matches in 1995. 
Yeah. Easily. I could see that. I mean, it's no IRS Undertaker, but yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> it was not that. <laughs> that is a fact. Um, but again, but then again, there's a lot of shenanigans in this match as well. Uh, but outside of that, it was really good. You know, the whole premise here is that Brett is more aggressive than he normally would be. And you saw that, which is what Brett was so great at is all the subtleties. So he had subtle changes in his style. Like he did a suicide dive, which really isn't a thing he does. He did often, unless I'm just not familiar with Brett. Um, you know, his, his stomps had a little more mustard to him. Like all that stuff. He, he, he tied Diesel's feet around the ring post with his wrist tape and beat on him. Like all that shit was really good. Um, but then you had Diesel being the powerhouse that he is. So he had his place in the match as well. Um, but the shenanigans in this match. Yeah, who booked this shit, man? Who booked, the, who booked Rumble 95? Because literally you have the Intercontinental title match and the mm-hmm. WWF championship match where they both get uh, a situation where the match is over and then yeah. it gets restarted. And then they both, well, I don't want to say they both end the same way, but, you know, it's shenanigans similar, happen yeah. just it's similar in the IRS match and the uh, IRS Undertaker match and this match. Right. Similar endings. So it's like, who's booking this shit? Like, Pat Patterson's like, you know what? We grind it be banana. We, we put uh, all these people. It's like, come on. Like, what's yeah. going on? <laughs> Maybe it's Bruce. Was Bruce around then? <laughs> I don't know. I know Mr. he left Pritchett? at some point and came back. That's, it's very possible. Probably. Whoever it was, it was the same person because it, it was the same logic. Exactly. Um, Diesel goes for a jackknife. Or I think he hits it. But HBK comes out, Shawn Michaels, and breaks up the pin, attacks Diesel, and then, uh, you know, the ref... Or it's you know it's a disqualification or whatever, but then Earl Hebner says that the match must continue. It's got to so, restart. Restart. The place goes skew. crazy over this because they all thought it was over. Yeah. No more of that, right? The crowd said. <laughs> Glad all these you know interferences are over. Oh wait. So <laughs> we have so the match continues. Um, you know, Brett hits Diesel with a chair. He has his leg against the the ring post. He hits him with the chair. It looks brutal. And um, he locks in the sharpshooter, Brett does. Then Owen Hart comes out and attacks Brett, because we're still doing this apparently. <laughs> this feud has been going on for over a year at this point. Uh, Owen Hart comes out and attacks Brett. He, uh, Owen takes off the turnbuckle pad, throws Brett chest first into the uh, exposed steel. His favorite spot. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that was terrible. Um, Wait, what? It is his favorite spot. <laughs> That's not a joke. Oh, I thought you were making a reference to uh, Over the Edge. No, my God. Because that's no, where he landed. Wow. No. You just wow. Got really I thought, I, I thought, I thought that was you on were. you. No, you no. said it. You no, said your it. mind went there. Hold on. Mine I'm talking his about favorite Bret spot. Hart. Wait, wait. I'm talking uh-huh. about Bret Hart's favorite spot because Bret Hart used to love to run at sternum first uh-huh. into the turnbuckle and take the turnbuckle. All right. Right. Everybody else got that, right? <laughs> I, I'm not the villain here, right? Everybody else understood I, I what disagree. I was saying, right? I think Kyle, are... it was here, and Kyle just like, I, 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 I fucking, I'm, I'm gonna leave, and you guys just finish this. <laughs> oh Between that what? and the uh, Benoit joke we Dude. got two weeks ago in the chat, you guys are. Uh... <laughs> hmm. Oh man, but we're many years from that, so don't worry. Um, All is so justified. Owen, Owen Hart comes out. He attacks Brett. Again, it's kind of a disqualification kind of deal. But once again, the match gets restarted. Uh, Owen Hart gets kicked out. Once again, we have another match. And then uh, Diesel crawls over to Brett for after Owen Hart attacks him for a two count. Diesel 
goes for a jackknife. Brett counters. And then all the heels come out. Yeah, it's like, oh, we can't just have one heel at a time to end the match. We need to have all the heels because that's apparently, you know, they did it with Undertaker. Apparently, it's just a thing they did. Um, and then uh, at this point... The baby now, face must be in peril. <laughs> and there's two baby faces. Lots of peril. <laughs> uh, but... So now it's a no contest because it's like it's just a bunch of chaos and we can't really do anything about it. Uh, it is a brawling for several minutes. Everybody kind of finally clears out. Diesel and Brett shake and hug and that's the end of it. So it's kind of a, a lukewarm finish, which maybe is why this match doesn't get talked about that much, even though it was great up until that point. But uh, otherwise, I really enjoyed it. It felt like guys? a dynamite da- main event. Did it? it How's yeah. that? Oh, with all the brawls and the yeah. <laughs> interference. And then the hug at the end. Factions. Everyone getting involved. Felt like a dynamite main event. Yeah. Here yeah. I thought he was complimenting the work rate. And then, uh, <laughs> then I realized what he meant. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> it was a good match. I liked it. Especially, I mean, these were your two guys. Uh, obviously, Brett had been on top already. Diesel was, was uh, you know, I don't want to say the underdog, even though he was the champion. But, you know, he was proving himself at this time and uh, had a really good match. And then, you know, you saw all these heels come out and you knew, like, there were storylines in place for, like, the next main event match. Yeah. You know what I mean? You didn't know which way they were going, but, you know, you could see you could see some uh, things happen in there. Right. And also Jeff Jarrett and the roadie coming out. I mean, two segments in one show. Winning a title and coming out in the, main, in, in the you know, the title match. That's how you get the fans their money's worth. That's two times more than we need to see <laughs> Jeff Jarrett tonight. Well... Exactly. What part of Double J didn't you understand? <laughs> ah, <laughs> there it is. We're all having fun here. We're all having fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, great match. And then, uh, okay, so after that, we get the whole Jerry Lawler drawing his face on Pam Anderson's tits, et cetera, et cetera. Um, then uh, I just after remember that, Mabel, him, him drawing on Mabel. That's <laughs> the first person that, that comes to mind is Mabel for some reason in that shot. Maybe next time. He looked like he was about it. He was. He, was, he would have been about about it. Showing, um, showing that uh, uh, Big Daddy V, uh, you know, Visagra. was he? No, he was Viscera at the time. The world's largest the love world's machine. Largest love machine. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I yep. miss those purple pajamas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of material. So does Elaine Garcia. Okay. Anyway. Visagra. Vis Agra, but no Visagra needed in this next match <laughs> because we're all plugged up on our sparks. We have uh, Bob. Spark pu- <clears throat> Bob Sparkplug Holly and the 123 Kid versus Bam Bam Bigelow and Tatanka. Can, can, can I speak on this? Uh, I know why it happened and I know why the position was the way it was, but you know how pissed off I am to this day that this match followed the WWF Championship match? It's a let up, brother. <laughs> gotta, I gotta let them get their popcorn. <laughs> but fucking Bam Bam Bigelow and Tatanka faced the one two three kid and Bob Sparkplug Holly in the Sparkplug. pretty much the main event before the Royal Rumble. That's how you get the crowd revved up. Get it because he's, he's a race car driver. There. I see what you did there. Yep. And, and, and I mean, you're probably about to say it, but like they weren't even supposed to be in the match. The storyline, like, oh my god, I hated. I, I I really hated this match for some reason. Yeah, I mean, the tag division was pretty much non-existent yeah. at this point. I mean, really, today or today or two ninety-five. I was thinking because... about it. Really, there was a period between like ninety-nine and two thousand one where it was kind of a thing, but then outside of that, it's really never been a thing. 
in WWF, WWE. Um, so I guess it's really no surprise. But because he had like the, uh, you know, the two dudes with attitudes holding the titles for a little bit, HBK and Diesel, and then the head shrinkers won it, but then one of them left and it was a whole it was a whole thing. Um, and this match felt like it got a bizarre amount of time. Like, <laughs> I was... It was a good match, though. It was like... Yeah, it was For fine. what it was, it was it was a fun little match, like, to give them credit. Yeah. You know, you, obviously, the four of them worked their asses off in this spot. <clears throat> yeah. But, uh, but, yeah. It's funny. We're all talking, like, this is kind of just a throwaway match. But it sets up the main event of WrestleMania. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I said I understand why it happens, because in the long run... You know, you got to put Bam Bam up there too, yeah. Because you know, you got to elevate him, and but it's still, ugh, still makes me mad. Like I'm a traditionalist, and I'm like the WWE, the WF title goes on last, damn it. Yeah, but it's Royal Rumble. I guess it's a bit different, but it is what it is. You know, the match itself was just kind of there for me. Like I said, it was fine. Um, towards the end, uh, Bam Bam is going for a moonsault, but he, I think Tatanka like accidentally hits him or something. So no, 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 it's it's way Tell worse me. than that. Tell me it's what it was. Way worse. So, Bam Bam Bigelow takes his sweet cheeks up to go ahead and do the moonsault, and when he he does that, Tatanka slides under the ring, and he sees a prone. Uh, I don't I don't know who it was. One two three kid, I think. He sees a prone one two three kid, and he decides, you know what? I'm gonna tomahawk tomahawk chop uh, tomahawk chop the shit out of this guy. So he goes to hit the ropes and then come down with the tomahawk chalk. I can't say those words properly. <laughs> I just heard you say tomahawk cock or something like that. I don't know what you I just think said. That's, that's what, what I want to say. <laughs> Long, hard chop. Anyway, um, so what, is, what happens? Oh, no. He accidentally knocks Bam Bam from the top rope here because he hit the ropes. Didn't realize his partner was up there. So Bam Bam comes down like legal proceedings on, on an ex-husband. And he mm. just slams down to the mat, and everyone's like, oh, my God. And then, I mean, that's literally the finish of the match. This is it a is. prime example of why you don't put two singles guys together as a tag team. Like, So that's maybe maybe that's the storytelling here. There's just no team cohesion. So they didn't know or, you know, they didn't know where the left hand and where the right was or whatever the phrase is. Um, but, yes, he literally, bam, bam, just falls off the top rope. Very reminiscent of... Uh, the WrestleMania 10 main event finish. He just falls, and then uh, the baby face pins him. <laughs> one, two, three kid gets the one, two, three. There it is. That's, I see what <laughs> happened here. Now I understand. That's the gimmick. That's the gimmick. But, so, yes, Bob Holly and uh, or Hardcore Holly and X-Pac are the tag team champions for whatever reason. The Cinderella story. <laughs> Man. Because remember, remember in the it, it, what we haven't explained is that in kayfabe, in the storyline here, is that the smoking guns were supposed to be the challenging here. But one, they went down with an injury or somebody was attacked or some shit. Mm. And then one, two, three kid and Bob Sparkplug Holly, the Cinderella story, who wasn't supposed to even be at the Rumble, they win the tag team titles. But this is ruined before they even get to the ring because it's like, whoever wins this match is going to challenge the returning smoking guns. It's like, wait, wait. So if they're cleared already, why aren't they back in this match? <laughs> That's... I didn't even bother thinking too far into it because it was just... <laughs> to me, like Vince should have said that maybe mid-match i'm getting i'm getting word that the doctors have cleared the smoking guns for tomorrow night and the winners of this match like that would have been exciting but instead like before before they even have the match like i don't know i think they just should have thrown the guns in there and had a triple threat uh, tlc match yeah that's what i'm kind of saying is like if they were cleared right in kayfabe why wouldn't they be in the match but maybe i'm thinking too much maybe maybe they weren't travel wasn't arranged for them 
You know, Pat Patterson was too busy booking uh, the same finish for like three matches. Right. <laughs> it takes time. I don't know. Right. Maybe me, uh, maybe Butterbean attacked Bart Gunn backstage or something. Setting all up the match creative in a few years, in man's but... heart tonight. All right. And he needed it. So yes. we didn't have time for different well, finishes. Right. The debut of Mantar. We didn't have time for any of that. We had all big debut. Mantar, <laughs> who I'm fairly certain was my great-grandfather. <laughs> Look, if Ritter's granddaddy had sex with a buffalo, you'd have Mantar. Why are we saying if? As if we don't know that this happened. I thought that's how I thought that's how Ritter was created. No, yeah, it was. Yeah, don't explain. Butterbean got Butterbean got in there somewhere. <laughs> but he's always, he's always an aspect of it. But I, I'm just trying to get right to Mantar, man. Let's you guys uh, have the cock. All you have your cocks out. So we do. Um, <laughs> I will say at some point during this Royal Rumble, I'm probably going to go take a piss break. Because I've drank a lot of water since I've been on this call, so uh, if I just disappear, I, I, I pissed four times on Kenny's episode. We're all on, so it's perfectly fine. There, there's a time period where I, I've demanded. I, I already asked of these three gentlemen here that no, you're not letting you're not letting the people know. You're just gonna say it awkwardly, okay, and, and yeah. with no context. I won't say what what it is, but there's a span where I want to talk. I feel like I want to okay. be What's here that? for that though. Like I don't want to leave during Kenny's rants. Like I got to be here for that. Okay, you're right. I mean, you you're can right. just listen to the episode, you know. I, I guess I could just listen back to the episode, yeah. But he wants to feel me live and in person. Oh. Like, why have porn when you have sex with me? Exactly. That's, that's true. I understood. <laughs> feel the walls of my words. That's a very good segue, actually, into the uh, the special guest for this Royal Rumble. So does everybody have uh, their cocks out pulled up to uh, 157.39? Yep. 39? I thought it was 37. I'm at, oh, okay. Hold yeah, on. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm at 38, but what's a second? Um, I will say... Just like this show, we should start with, a, what, was it an eight count before we, a six count, an eight count? <laughs> right. This yeah. eight. Three count. King no, Kong um... Bundy Jr. over here with his eight count. <laughs> <laughs> eight. So I will, yeah, I'll give an eight count. Hey, what happened to Sean Spears on the 4th of July after he uh, blew out f- two fingers? He became the perfect eight. No? All right. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) (laughs) all right 157 39 or somewhere thereabouts all right eight (laughs) seven six five four three two one play howard finkel putting over pamela anderson here Special guest. Don't touch her. Pat Patterson says, "Don't touch her." Man, is it, it cold, must be in, cold there, in there? Folks? Yes. See, thank <laughs> <you>. <laughs> Nipples. Jerry Lawler loves it. I bet they wrestled in the back to you know figure out who was going to walk her down to the ring. There was definitely a fight. no, not at all. Pat Patterson Fair. has walked down Miss Elizabeth. He's yeah. walked down Pam Anderson. He definitely, he definitely is the don't let fans touch the woman yeah. guy. Well, and he's not. That's also a safe bet not to touch the woman. So <laughs> there we go. There Correct. Correct. What is what is Fink doing? Fink is, is rubbing his on cock she's, on well, the she's, rope. She's, she's, oh, she's oh she's leaving. Okay, I thought she's she was leaving. Gonna, I, was gonna I thought say she was the first was, entrant. Uh, I thought he was humping the rope. <laughs> I thought he got real excited. 
Yeah, he's doing a little Dolph Ziggler action on the rope. Do you think she knows where she's at? <laughs> no, where, not at all. Where am I going? She has no idea what's Is going on. Is this Monster Chucks? There was rumors that her and Tommy Lee, they couldn't get her out of the limo at this time. So, I mean, there you go. <laughs> they couldn't get her out of the limo? As in, like, the two of them were in the limo together for a while during this event? Why were they? So like, they, she almost missed her cue. Were they eating a charcuterie board or something in there? Yes. That explains the nipples. For the sake. Oh. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> Squab under glass. Is <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. HBK. He draws number one. What an unlucky pick for that guy. There's no way he's making it. Got a it. fun fact for you here. What's up? I think he was dating a girl at the time here. You see, it says TK with the heart. Uh huh. That's a little. That's a little. Uh, little something for her. So basically, he was uh, looking at the camera and blew the kiss. I, as far as I'm concerned, it says the Kenny. Which is, so Shawn Michaels is blowing a kiss to me. I, I think he's saying but, he's going to AEW. Yeah, I was gonna say I was thinking Tony Khan. Hundred percent. Damn it. Our they are in kid, Florida. He's all elite. Yeah. I was. I was gonna say Tony Khan's what all of like ten at this time, <laughs> right? Jesus, I wonder if he's number there. one fan. Got to respect. I bet you he is there. Isn't he a Florida? Is he from Florida? I would assume, right? I don't know if they lived in Florida this time. Who knows? I don't know. Who am I? Like I, I want to know how I was a completely heterosexual male um, looking at this, and like <laughs> I used to love Shawn Michaels dancing, and like so does Pam. How did I turn out straight? <laughs> oh, I didn't wear my Shawn Michaels shorts today. What a mistake. Are you sure about that, what, Kenny? The booty though? shorts? Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm a little confused myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, when my, you're looking at Shawn Michaels uh, in his hairy chest, you know. What about my thing penis? is like rendering now, so I'm probably gonna be behind you guys. That's fine. I'm at uh, one. I'll try to call it time codes throughout too for people listening. So I'm at two zero zero four seven four eight, and four nine. out comes Britain's own the British Bulldog, Hall of Famer, Number British two. Bulldog. Hell yeah! Yes, very true. This might have been my favorite bulldog look because, like, I was convinced this guy was becoming a main eventer now. Yeah, this was his. He was like, he felt like the guy that they were slotting in. I don't know. As I, a nice I, big I, uh, baby face. I like bulldog in the jeans. No. Into the dog poop. Into the dog poop with the rock, rock bottom. Oh. <laughs> uh, because it's literally like bulldog and razor. And Brett, and I guess there's a couple baby faces that are big. You but... see all that blood on the damn mat? That was that's Bam Bam Bigelow's blood from his lips, because it was all over the one, two, three kids' crotch. I don't know why. Go watch it back. Man, he has but those Matt Ritter blood. lips. It just you know bursts, <laughs> bursts full of love. Um, <laughs> Shawn Michaels doing the Ric Flair spot like over and over and over. <laughs> Bulldog is just a thick, meaty man, like. He's like Big E. Is that like, bro, man? White British in, in 95. <laughs> now, Bulldog was, de Bulldog was definitely the guy. Like, he had the look, man. It, it was like so sad that he uh, just never got that spot. Yeah. What's it been? Like 30 seconds they've been in this match? We already got another guy coming out? Yeah, 95 was quick. 95 Rumble was quick. Yeah, I think it's like 45, 50 minutes, right? It's one of the Nazi brothers. This looks like Sam Huxley. I don't know if anybody watches NXT yes. UK. Yes. This is uh, one of the Blue Brothers, Jacob e Eli Blue. Trust me, I have this I, I, I have this on mute, by the way. Right. But I know what the commentary say. 
Man, this guy. I've never heard of this guy in my life, but uh, he seems like he means this business. This is a. Uh, so he became one of the Harris brothers. Remember DOA? Right. Oh, Holy okay. Shit, that's yeah. what he looks like with hair. Yeah, and then uh, so these were the the Harris twins, and then uh, remember they actually more more of a fun fact they actually had a manager, Uncle Zebakaya, who was who? Zeb Coulter. Zeb Coulter. D- uh, Dutch Mantel. So that's where they got yeah Dutch Mantel. That's we got where us they got a the historian over here. Well, the Ron- yeah, so that's where they got the name from because Uncle Zebakaya, Zeb Coulter. That's fun. I think Ron and Don Harris is the perfect time. I will be back. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what Duke the Dumpster Drozzy doesn't oh, interest gonna- you? <laughs> You're gonna miss the dumpster. <laughs> they were pushing. Kyle, dumpster. what's your timestamp right now? Uh, two oh three, two eight, two nine, Just want to make sure you don't miss the dumpster. But yeah, they were pushing dumpster weirdly hard, like in yeah, late '94. He, he was over for some reason too, uh, like neighborhood trash man and right. Good lord, <laughs> he's like my go-to uh, like weird reference. After like S.A. Rios and Danny Basham, <laughs> if I want to just throw somebody off, because I've o- I've only known him from the uh, gimmick Battle Royal from WrestleMania 17. Really? Okay, no, I knew him from this run, so he was weird to me in the Battle Royal because he was all bald and stuff, and I was like, Yeah, yeah. This is a dumpster I remember with the little back brace and the. <laughs> this rumble is fast, man. They were the one minute intervals in '95, so it was it was quick. He's the totally stealing rumble. Eric Rowan's gear. <laughs> Oh my God! Hold on. Speaking of boners, it's the Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey. Oh no! So, so fun fact: uh, the Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey is like an inside joke between like a friend and I. Like we act like he's like up there with The Rock, even though he was like a tag team wrestler. <laughs> so it's like we're, we we will like put him over of like the Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey, the precursor to Shawn Michaels, the guy you know, like the. <laughs> I don't know. It's huge inside joke. So he was with uh, Tom Pritchard, right? Uh, the Doctor of Desire. Oh, yes. Tom Pritchard. Doctor of Desire. <laughs> what was our tag Doctor. team name again? It was like the... The Heavenly Body. There it is. I wanted to say the Beautiful Blondes. <laughs> I knew that was wrong. I'll tell you, so maybe this is why like, I, I'm okay with wrestling when it's kind of crappy, because I was definitely like very in tune to like 94, 95. <laughs> yeah, it's clear. <laughs> so you know all the backstories behind these guys. Yeah. Fucking like Eric, so, or whatever that guy's name was. Like, when you got Captain Lou Albano coming out with, uh, is this Sione? Yes, this is the barbarian, uh, Sione, as he was called, because uh, as Kyle alluded to, um, Samu had left. And there was a whole storyline with the Head Shrinkers where they uh, had recently come into the possession of boots. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to learn how to use boots. So they were slipping on the top rope and stuff like that because they'd never worn shoes before. And that was the whole Fun thing fact. at Survivor Series Can we just talk about the selling from Shawn Michaels? I mean... Oh! Oh, so so I'm convinced that Gigolo Jimmy O'Reilly was supposed to win this rumble. Accidentally got messed up here, and they had to give it. had to give it to someone else. That's why the title match wasn't the main event of Mania because it was prepared Correct. for Del Rey. This was Gigolo's moment, in fact, and they they took it away from him. <laughs> anyway, uh, Joey was saying something though. I said the selling from Shawn Michaels just it's phenomenal. Everything. That definitely. And you could tell, like, he was ready, ready for for his moment. His like, any time the camera's on him, he's just selling. It's a doctor of desire. <laughs> oh, no. Didn't he just get eliminated? Is that not the same nope. person? No, hell no. No, the gigolo Jimmy Del Rey just got eliminated. This is the doctor of desire Tom Pritchard, his tag team partner. I'm fairly certain they're the same person. The left ball to his right ball. 
fairly certain that was the same person. You just ran out. It was back. not because because okay, they had completely different dances. Don't make me do them. So Tom Pritchard, <laughs> he would just go like this with his hair, right? Mm-hmm. The Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey, he would do this with his pudgy belly. <laughs> he would just literally just dance. You mean it's heavenly? That? Can we clip that? Can that from Kenny? Oh, I got it. I'm, I'm gonna put that in my personal collection. Do do do. Dude, is that their theme music? I, I have their themes. Yeah, oh yeah, I have it memorized. You, you have the Heavenly <laughs> Bodies theme song? Accessible? Absolutely. Absolutely. I actually have the uh, custom Titan Tron for the Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey on my YouTube channel. Believe <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. I'm dead, dead serious. I'm serious as a heart attack. Serious as Doink the Clown. I was going to say, well, what would 95 no, years serious. Man, if you guys... I don't know which Doink this is, but this is definitely the... Do- I hated Doink at this time because Doink was such a good gimmick when Doink was a heel. Yeah. And Matt Bourne left, and then we yeah. got this crap. So this isn't the evil clown. No, this is Babyface Circus Doink. Is this after or before Evil Doink? Uh, evil Doink was 93. Okay. So two years after. So, so I thought the Evil Doink was badass. According to you. Yeah. When we had Evil Doink. Evil Doink was great because it was like uh, wrestling's it. Yeah. Perfect. It was amazing. Uh, when you would look in the camera and just go, <laughs> and just get all serious, it's like, that was, it's good stuff. I feel like it's kind of like what uh, The Fiend is, like kind of like an adjacent, almost similar kind of deal to what similar, Evil Doink. Similar. I've always looked at Bray at least inspired as, by. Uh... Is that Quang? Yeah. <laughs> the Marshall Fabio artists. Vega, fun fact. It is. <laughs> You've always looked at uh. You always saying about Bray. You, you saying, yeah. I always looked at Bray as uh. You know, everyone. Oh well, he's a dark character. They compare him to the Undertaker. I always looked at him as a McFoley. Like I feel like he's this generation's man. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. It's still true though. I can see that. Quang, do you think Savio Vega actually knows any martial arts? Yes. I mean, whatever he knew, it was on full display here. Because all he literally does is. <laughs> and then just, just hits the like karate pose <laughs> and then just punches them a few times Damn. Then... when you got a puerto rican playing a karate expert i mean what, what do you really expect i mean you got a, a uh what is barbarian he's not samoan is he uh he's i want to say tongan or fijian or something, or oh, something. Okay. He's, he's from the island oh, okay so it's they're all the same right <laughs> and this in this era <laughs> One of the I had no idea the model Rick Martel was still around at this time. By the way, he feels so out of place here because right. it's like I thought he was gone already. I was in there with Bob Backlund and uh, I think uh, and like oh my god Nikolai Colt. Uh, what the fuck was his name? Nikolai Jacob or Eli Blue, whichever one it is. He I'm had a his name. feud. I don't remember with who, but it was. I want to say either late 95 or early 96 Monday Night Raw because when uh, we went into the pandemic era and we had those no crowd shows, me and Travis said, fuck this. We're just going to go back and watch old wrestling. And that's where I first fell in love with uh, my new favorite wrestler, Doug Furness, was watching old Raws. But uh, Doug Furness and Philip LaFon? Yeah, well, fuck LaFon. LaFon's not important. Doug Furness is the shit. Hey, whoa. Furness is the shit. But uh, yeah, but no, the model Rick Fur- Martel was on there. Furness with his sexy curly hair. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Is this a Mantar? I hope so. I don't know why I would. Nope. It's the rocket. It's, it's very not Mantar. It's the nugget. It's the rocket. And look at this. Out comes Brett the Hitman Hart. <laughs> <laughs> it just completely wails on the rocket. 
that's fun. For no reason. And Jerry the King Lawler is going crazy on commentary. He's like basically insinuating Bret Hart's out here for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is a travesty that the Rocket hasn't even made it to the ring. And uh, right when this countdown's about to come up in a couple seconds, uh, let's see. Okay, okay. He's laid out the Rocket. Bret Hart is a man incensed. This is a this is a Bret Hart we've never seen before. Vince is saying <laughs> he's aggressive. Okay, Mantar sweaty pits because I want to talk oh. about this minute of professional wrestling right here. Bret Hart is making his way back to the dressing room, and in the most confusing minute of professional wrestling, he almost gets blindsided by Timothy Well. Now Timothy Well, right here, you hear a huge pop. What had happened was that Owen Hart was thrown out off camera. The most confusing minute of professional wrestling here, because not only are you confused, but then Earl Hebner gets taken out by yeah. Duke the Dumpster Josie. They go back, and Timothy Well does this shit in the turnbuckle. I, to this day, don't understand what Timothy Well was trying to do. And then out he goes, yep. and Mantar Sweaty Pits are done. But that is literally the most confusing minute of professional wrestling in my life. Explain what happened there. It was just, that, I think there was just so much going on at one time. Like, I don't, I can't even, like, right. you're like, what, 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 what? But how do you not get Owen so, going they, over? So, right now, they've really not explained it yet. No, because okay. I don't think they even know. It sounds. Right, it sounded like Timothy Well just got this monster pop. <laughs> Timothy Well and his man thong. Well done was not look look right there. Here's his man thong. Timothy Well was not a popular wrestler. Was a jobber. Right. But literally, what happened was yeah, Owen Hart gets thrown out by the British Bulldog as soon as he hits the ring, and it sounded like Timothy Well just got a huge reaction. And then, as I'm trying to process that. Did like Duke seven the people just Drozzy. get eliminated just like in right. the past five seconds? But more so, Duke the Dumpster Drozzy gets thrown out and takes out Earl Hebner in yeah. the process. Literally just clocked him in the head. So, right. Here's what I saw. Timothy Well was trying to get out. He got that pop. He got excited. He was trying to get over. He saw the rocket Owen Hart was gone. So he rocketed into the corner. And then he saw Shawn Michaels on his way. He's like, I'm going to do that cool Shawn Michaels backflip thing. But he's nowhere near as <laughs> athletic as Shawn. So he just botches it terribly. Embarrassed. But it looked amazing. Gets eliminated. Says, fuck it. I ruined it. There he goes. But it, it, I just didn't understand because his feet hit one rope. It hit the next one. It bounced <laughs> off. Bounced off. Yeah. That, that hit me so much. I don't know why. That, that clip of Timothy it, Wells. No, that, just... that is is a moment that I, and I'm, I, you know, obviously I come from the era of VCR. So I had this taped and I would literally go back quite literally every day and just watch that minute of professional wrestling and go, <laughs> what happened in this spot with Timothy Wells? Yeah. That was the part that confused me the most. Now he's been eliminated. Does anybody know Again, Shawn Michaels? Guy. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Go, Britter. You're good. <laughs> that was his twin brother. That was one of the Blue Blues brothers. Because they were in ECW as the Blue... Oh, my God. Were the Bruise brothers? The Bruise <laughs> brothers. And then they came to the WWF as the Blue brothers. Mm. Stupid. Because Vince was like, Bruise? We don't want kids hearing about bruises? <laughs> I'm still convinced. The Does Jiggle anybody know Shawn place? Michaels? Shawn Michaels' uh, elimination number in this match? It's up there. I haven't been paying attention. I should have. He's he's eliminated like half. The I mean, I feel like most of them have occurred off camera, so who knows? Grandpa. Oh man. <laughs> Fun fact. Like, what a family tree. Grandpa Fun and his fact, glory days. Uh, I'm sure 
people know uh, Married with Children. Oh, uh, now they're showing. Uh, created the Bundys in honor of King Kong Bundy takes place here in Chicago, where I live. So uh, quite possibly a, oh, really? a distant relative, King Kong Bundy. <laughs> now we just got a reference to Owen going over. Owen, Owen. And it's still a horrible yeah. camera angle. Yeah. As you can see, just like me, King Kong Bundy is trying to get the British Bulldogs pants <laughs> out of the way. <laughs> Did anybody can we acknowledge King Kong Bunny came in and gave one of the worst gut kicks of anybody anybody's ever done? You know like how, how hard it is for extraordinarily guys to get this guy Forget is. that. No, you're not focusing on what's important. Can we focus on the fact that the British Bulldog is tanned all the way up to his ass cheek? <laughs> no, like, tan the fact that he is that even of an ass cheek, uh, that even of a tan on on his ass cheek is is miraculous. Oh. It's very smooth. Is this uh? What is it? Mo Mo one two. <laughs> Look out, Mo! What are the the record times in this match? I mean, no like, mo, majority mo, of these people huh? have gone over like in no seconds. No Mo Mo in the Rumble. Yeah, Breaking the record there. I was going to say that had to have been three seconds, just because Mo better than fast. Santino's record. Yeah. No, uh, the the record is, I think is uh, at this point is Bushwhacker Luke. I think Santino beat it. I think it was literally a Santino second. beat yeah, it. Santino beat I'm it. saying at this time oh, at this in '95, yeah, talking it, yeah. about yeah, yeah. But Mo of Men on a Mission, if it wasn't obvious that Mabel was about to break off into a, right. <laughs> as a star by himself, there. they have Mo thrown out in like two seconds. There, there is the reason 95 is a, it's a bit of a downer. <laughs> Sean's yeah, just like, fuck oh you. Oh my god, SummerSlam. I'm tired. Have fun. <laughs> Speaking of which. Oh yeah, man, here. what are the odds? We're one after the other. <laughs> See, he, he knows, he's, he has a secret. You don't sprint to the ring. You lumber. Now, I, I, was, it was good booking here, though, because obviously Mo got embarrassed by King Kong, uh, King Kong Bundy, and then out comes Mabel to avenge him. So I don't Mabel looked like a giant peanut butter jelly and chocolate sandwich right here. <laughs> <laughs> Man. So I actually have a theory that if if they had kept Mabel as a babyface, I think he'd have been a lot better in his main event run. I can see that. Um. I don't know. What people don't realize, Mabel's probably all of like 24 years old here. That's like, crazy. He's just yeah. a big gargantuan man, but he was a young, young guy at this time. I feel like they tried to slot him into Yoko's Zuna because Yoko was kind of on the down slope at this point. Well, he's about to You're have right. some real yep. heel heat. Look, me looking for the next grandma. big guy. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Is this Bushwhacker uh, Tim? What, what, what's the other Bushwhacker called? Bushwhacker, Butch. Butch, and Luke. Yeah. So this is Butch. I wish we had the soundboard wow. so we could do the uh, oh. two big meaty men there slapping meat. <laughs> I can add it in first. <laughs> that was probably the longest elimination I've ever seen. <laughs> this is dramatic. Well, how, well if you got to get a walking condominium out of the ring. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Poor Bushwhackers. Two big meaty men slapping meat. Looks like a, there it is. a walking filled condom, more so. And Jerry the King Lawler's putting over um, Mabel as his pick. So he's changing picks throughout the whole yeah. run. He does that every <laughs> year. Like, that's... Yeah, but it, this it's really bad this year, which is really funny. Oh, man. that's some, Who's next? That's some tricep strength from HBK there. I saw something mm -hmm. very similar to that on Pornhub last night. <laughs> <laughs> it's made in the USA. Now, remember, this guy 
this was going to be the next Hogan, right? So oh, a lot of people thought this was the guy winning yeah. the Rumble here. That's why you got the reaction you got. Yeah. This, is, this is this is the guy. I mean, look at it. That, right is, boom. that is a shiny motherfucker. Yeah. Right. Mabel look at, look at the Luger. power, though. You know, I saw a picture of him actually this morning standing up, and it just looked like... I can't believe, like... It's sad. Yeah. That, like, I said this to a friend uh, recently. I, I'm bigger than Lex Luger now. And that is just something yeah. just... It's like... Oh, like, that's tough, yeah. man, because Lex Luger was like... I mean, look at him right here in his yeah, prime. Yeah, look at and, this. Like, to know that... He's like 150 pounds now and stuff. Like, I'm 180. In a chair. I literally mean can't. that I'm bigger than him. You know, it's weird. When you stop taking steroids, <sighs> Kyle, you're going to look like Lex Luger does. <laughs> that's why you never yeah, do. Yeah, that's true. You know what? Every time I see Kyle, it's just bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm like, I don't know what's happening here. It's that that's just Explain that's yourself. Just oh, here we go. Oh. Ritter, go ahead. So, <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> if you saw the way this man traveled to the ring and all of the sexual prowess that he has, uh, that is the same sexual prowess that I carry into the bedroom every night. You know, I, I am booking it right now. I want to do a Halloween show where we dress up as our favorite wrestlers. And Ritter. <laughs> Ritter's Mantar. <laughs> I'm making you gotta have the little horn. I'm making a request. The horns on. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed that he didn't come down, like, with the head on. Though. I saw, Where's the head? I literally, I'll talk about that in a second. Let Kyle say what he was going to say. I about. thought he wrestled in the in the helmet. Like, I, I didn't know he, right. like, had this secondary, like, layer to him. So this is, okay. this, this is a new, fresh take for me. Well, let's talk. The problem that I had was at the the Rumble at this time had no fanfare for entrances and things like that. Right. This was Mantar's debut. Yeah. So you're trying to put over this new character and speaking oh, of fuck fucking this? debuts. Look, I'm not. <laughs> look, there may be somebody here who just this... had this guy on his podcast. I'm not <laughs> saying who. Say, is this a... <laughs> For, former guest of the apron bump. <laughs> but here's what I'm saying. Mantar debuted. He was he was dead on arrival. He debuted like that without the head. That is hilarious. So how the hell do you have him with the head afterwards? Got it. Anyway, I could have swore that was yeah, Primo it's, Cologne. It's... <laughs> <laughs> he literally you can't fire him. You can't fire him. Got so it. I stand corrected. I didn't know Kyle had him on, but two people have had. Well, no, sorry. I I was I was referencing Kyle. Kyle did just have him on. Yeah, no wrestlers won't come on my show, so. It wasn't me. You know, only you come on your show. That's true. <laughs> Damn it. There it is. We'll it. all come on your show. Right I mean, it's on Pornhub, right. so there's probably lots of people coming. Well, How many men have come on your show? Me and uh, Kyle had a whole conversation about how I should try and approach uh, Mr. Polacco about coming on Pornhub um, and the things I could <laughs> ask him while on there. Because I, I told him, I was like, I was a little disappointed when they, they covered what they covered. Um, in that battle royal that he didn't ask him to rank all of the wrestlers by penis size because he would know like i, I, I would have got actual information and uh like no you should do that over. on your show though and then we talked about you know if i have x-pac on i could be like hey you want to come on a show you know it's on Pornhub, but this time you won't have to be naked <laughs> one night in ritter <laughs> good lord who just came out? Uh, is this Hillbilly Jim? Uh, Henry, no, Henry oh. Godwin, the Hogman. Any, any so person confused. in uh, overalls is Hillbilly Jim. Yeah, she's like, is this wrestling? What is this? Look in the <laughs> ring right now. You got a pig, a mantar, and, and this Dude, guy the, with a jockstrap on his head. That's just a Saturday night for you, Kenny. The way huh? he just darted to the ring. <laughs> Holy oh, my shit! Goodness. 
<laughs> he slides almost and, out of and the this range. is what, again, which goes back to my confusion. The smoking guns are in attendance at the rumble. <laughs> is Bart in this too? It doesn't even matter. The point is, like, why are they here? Uh, going back to the hardcore Holly 123 kid stuff is my point. <laughs> Man, what a cast of characters. And it is. And Billy Gunn. Just the holy crap. Like, yeah. 57 years old currently and still runs the way he just did. Well, I was yeah. just going to say, who would have imagined that of all of the wrestlers in the ring right now, Billy Gunn would be the only one to have a match this week? Like, I mean, That's I crazy. thought Mantar had a had a chance. I did too. <laughs> I saw a main event running that guy. I still do. Mantar really is if you just took King Kong Bundy and you just kind of decreased the height but kept the same If weight. you took, like, Bowser and King Kong Bundy right. and just, like, slapped them together. I'm a big Mantar guy now, man. I love this. I love what I'm seeing. Hey, look, you were asking about Bart Gunn. Wow. And again, right after his partner, what are the what are the chances? A lot, a lot of body oil in this ring right now. It is slippery in there. And this is before the Bart Gunn learned like, like to knock everyone in the locker room out, right? Because clearly that would have been the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's having right here. If he had just manhandled Butterbean like this, man, how do you <laughs> you see Bart's trying to figure out where to grab Mantar? He's trying yeah. to grab one of his hooves. He's grabbing a hoof. Oh, and <laughs> I wish commentary had said something like that, by the way. I don't know if they did. That's but too like, smart. He's, come on now. But look, at. I want you to notice something here. Look at the Bulldog and look at uh, Shawn Michaels. You see the difference between them and the rest of the guys? That's sweat on them. The rest of the guys are right. using oil. <laughs> Alex is getting low. He's got a little frizzy hair. He's been in there a little bit. I don't know. I think it might be sweat on Mantar as well. I mean, he just sweats from breathing. Here's a guy that would never use body oil. One Mr. Bob Backlund. Oh, man. Imagine telling Look someone just chest. looking at him here that that was a former WWF champion. Just from the oh, entrance. One of the biggest worse, WWF champions. Even worse, he's the same age what here the as Bobby Lashley is currently. Yeah. <laughs> How crazy is that? Uh -oh. And out comes an incest Bret Hart attacking Bob Backlund. <laughs> We've never seen this side of him Bret before. Oh, my God. I just loved how crazy Bret Hart looked. Because, like, literally, no matter who came to the ring, it was like Bret Hart just kind of <laughs> just, like, attacking everybody. Oh, man. I love it. Look, look at Timmy White over here. Not even giving a damn. Like, let the other refs take care of it. You got Steve Kern. I can see his gray sweater over there. You know what's Powerful. funny? After how many times did he come out and attack somebody, you would think they would, like, do something with him backstage. Like, right. You would think they'd <laughs> lock him in the yeah. locker room somewhere. Like, you got to get or... out of here. You got to get out of here. Nope. Comes out. Wait, wait. The other half of, of well done, is he, he going to get the same pop? No. Why is he running like nope. that? Joey, with he's running like he's carrying groceries. Being in this Royal Rumble, <laughs> yours being Bob Backlund, mine being King Kong Bundy, I don't understand how we've never done a show together. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I can wow. see it. I'm just... I'm just saying, Steve Dunn, looking like looking like the uh, bastard child of Lex Luger and the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Owen Hart, <laughs> the Ultimate Warrior. That is, I've never Who thought that Bret thong Hart. was a good that idea. Is, this is the first Oscar, I'm seeing well done. But look at that! And look, oh, Bret Hart! Oh my God! <laughs> just... He's a man on a mission. Oh wait, no, he's not one of those. He's a uh... no, and I'm pretty pretty sure I I, I put up the commentary the audio a little bit. It's a bit said like a man possessed, just like <laughs> I thought. You know what I love about these segments too? When these guys like they're like attacking each other like that, they have, they send out like 20 officials and they can't break them up. 
Right. Well, no, it puts them over pretty well, and I love the, like, you know, can't keep up with the action kind of vibe yeah. that it has. Right. Thank God. You don't and then you miss Owen Hart getting, elim- getting eliminated, so, you know. We're missing Aldo Montoya in the ring. First of all, I know what you're all thinking. You wanted an appearance by Dick Murdoch. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> Man. What a... Because you have Dick Mart Murdoch, you have Nikolai Volkov, you have Bob Backlund, you have Rick Martell. It's like fun fact. Uh, Nick, uh, fun fact: Dick Murdoch didn't did die like a couple months later. I guess that's not did a fun. He? fact. I was gonna say, why is that a <laughs> no fun fact? <laughs> <laughs> Put your laughing hats oh on, everybody. Dark side. Well, we're of the already in a dark show, so we're good. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. So Dick Murdoch, right, has the the weirdest nickname that is like it's not dirty per se. But, like, for some reason, it just sounds like it's just really bad. Which is Captain Redneck Dick Murdoch. <clears throat> like, every time I say it, I just feel like Captain like Redneck. I'm disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Redneck Dick Murdoch. Yeah, it fits him. It fits his aesthetic. Oh, man, Dick and Mantar, that's the match that we've all wanted. <laughs> that's, the, that's the dream match right there. So, nobody's going to believe me since you all didn't really watch this time. Adam Bomb was over. Oh yeah, he was over like crazy at this time. Yeah, yeah. because he had like just turned babyface. He had had like a really weird heel run with Harvey Whippleman, and uh, yeah. So Adam Bomb, uh, you know, he could have been an Intercontinental Champion coming up. Put it that way. Like you could have, se- I could have seen him taking off uh, Jeff Jarrett. Now he would go on to WCW and be Wrath, correct? Correct. Right. And then, uh, and then Brian Chronic. Brian Adams his real or Brian uh, Clark his real name in Chronic. Chronic, chronic. Crush, Crush was the other chronic, right? Correct. Yes. And we he, all know everybody here loves Crush. Love it. Now we can say Seth Rollins' gear was inspired by this guy. <laughs> that or Bam Bam Bigelow. You think yeah. Kona Reeves and Kona Crush are related? <laughs> I think they're all related, right? Somehow no, I don't think so. so. Okay. Here comes Fatu. There's a lot of people on the show that don't know how to run. Well, I mean, he was trying not to blindside oh, uh, Captain Lou Albano. Oh, <laughs> I, was, I was talking about very Captain obviously Lou. in the way. Man, that look at a fire from Big Quiche. And dub over the Usos theme music and all of the Head Shrinkers entrances. Oh, <laughs> it's so crazy to think how popular like the Usos and stuff have. No, Ooh. damn it, no. <laughs> that that that'll be on the Richter scale, huh? Am I right? Am I wrong, fellas? Freaking Mantar gets eliminated. Scale. Pamela Anderson is beside herself. But <laughs> her nipples immediately became uh, <laughs> less erect. I like the thought of Mantar just in like his everyday life because he has to have that haircut, you know? Is he just like going to the bank and shit in the grocery store? With I that... thought it was paint. I'm pretty sure it's paint. Oh, was it? Oh, it looks like hair. Could have been. We will we'll have to check that back. But I guess it's the ni- mid-90s. So it Speaking of crush. Yeah, brother. I forget and didn't, didn't even look at Mantar, but uh, I hated Crush at this time because it was just like he was having such a good babyface run as Kona Crush, and then they turned him into yeah. this jackass, tying up the Macho Man Randy Savage at WrestleMania 10 That's and all that. I hated this guy. That was his last WWF match, right? At least televised. Oh, Jesus. Steven Dunn's gone. I, I, oh, I don't no. know. He's Let me done, ask you guys huh? a question because we have so many different rumbles over the history of it. Do you guys like the faster paced rumbles like this or like the slower, like, I guess a slower build where it takes a while for anyone to get eliminated and then it's just like two people in the ring for a while. It's like those weird 
ways they do it. Like, I like this kind of style. What do you guys prefer? I think it depends yeah, I mean, on it's, the uh, I think it all depends on who's in it. Yeah. 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 I, that's, that's actually a, the answer I was going to say. It, because there's some rumbles where it's good slower paced. Yeah. Like uh, 2007 with like the ending with Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. And yeah. like, there's that's like a really good rumble. But as a general statement, I like the faster paced ones because yeah. I like the rumble kind of being like, I don't know what's going on and it's confusing, but I like it. Yeah. Like yeah. it's like your like adrenaline my first sexual and... experience. Yeah. Uh -huh. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is, this is the first rumble I've seen without entrance, like theme songs. And it yeah. is, I feel like it does take away a lot. Yeah. It's hard to watch the older rumbles with that because, uh, yeah, like, I don't know if it's, I don't know. Maybe it's just a part of the presentation, but I just, the lack of theme songs is so weird. Cause I can't imagine being in the arena Right, and like just not knowing who's running. That and yeah. that goes back to what I'm saying about Mantar. Like you're debuting a character. Yes. And like all jokes aside, it's like, why should we give a shit? We don't know who this guy is. We've yeah. never seen this character, mm -hmm. and and he's just running out to the ring to fight. You know, <laughs> so very different than like an AJ Styles day because you know Mantar and AJ Styles are the yeah pretty much you know, the same. in that same upper echelon, but it's very different than like AJ Styles debuting in the Rumble yep. in 2016. It also takes away from the crowd, too, because if you look at the crowd, everyone's sitting. No one knows yes. what's going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the, the theme everybody... songs give a chance to, like, oh, crap, something's in? happening, you know? Was that the last uh, entrance? I feel like we haven't seen an entrance in a while. That's true. Again, there's no, who, like, who came out? number 30 or anything. It's just a countdown, someone runs in. 30 seconds later, countdown, someone runs in. Yeah, we haven't seen a... Uh... I guess I'm trying to think of who else. Would oh be. yeah, Crush. Crush was number thirty. Was he? I don't, I'm like looking at this like collection of people and like who people would have thought was gonna win this match. Lex Luger. I feel like Bulldog. I, I think Bulldog Luger, and Michaels, Luger was Luger, up there. Yeah. I think Luger, Sean, Bulldog. Um, believe it or not, Adam Bomb, like I said, was up there. I think that's and crush. I think that was probably the. Uh, oh Bulldog. my god! Jesus Christ, Murdoch! <laughs> Love it. That little. What do you call it? Head. You know what's crazy too? Headbutts. <laughs> this entire match, Shawn Michaels has just been going. Like, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when you see a rumble and someone comes in at number one, number two, sometimes you see him like laying on the side, like just waiting for something. This guy's been going the him and Bulldog, both going the entire so, time. You know that there's always like you if you always pay attention to the rumble, there's always a ring general and there's yeah. always somebody who's kinda like dictating the match. Yep. Like I've seen Jericho do it one year and Shawn Michaels was definitely the guy this year. Absolutely. And um and it regardless of the outcome, you know what I mean? Like sometimes they pick like a guy like who can be the guy to to make all this madness work. Mm -hmm. And Shawn's definitely doing it. Yep. I, I well, it might be Aldo Montoya. Now that I think about it, it could be. <laughs> what do you think was better, his run here, or his run with X Factor? Uh definitely X Factor. Yeah, so I I thought Dick Murdoch was about to eliminate Shawn Michaels there. Yeah, I just even though I <laughs> even though I've seen this multiple times, and it I got scared. My heart my heart jumped into my chest or jumped into my mouth there. Mm. See, I, I've never seen this part of the 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 Rumble. I've just seen the ending. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody has. I literally know nothing about this rumble other than the Yeah. Area. I'm not familiar. Which is why I called dibs on this one. Right? <laughs> and you know what's it's crazy, too? One. You know how, like, today's day and age, they make it so, like, significant? Oh, the final four, the final three. Yeah. Look at the match right now. 
Right. It, that's <laughs> that's why we were all confused at number 30 because yeah. usually the ring is a lot more cleared out. Yeah. But uh like this was they were still in the heat of, in the thick of things. I mean they still got freaking Dick Murdoch. Yeah, in that's there, what I'm saying. Oh <laughs> what a dropkick drop kick by Dicky. What is Crush happening? is crushing it right now. Vince Sick Man putting oh. over Dick Murdoch. Can you imagine Dick Murdoch winning? Oh, it's man. the UFO! I hope to see it. <laughs> the most spectacular move <laughs> at this. in WrestleMania oh. history. Look at this. Wow. Dick Murdoch he dumps goes... on his fucking yeah, head. Oh, look at the athleticism <laughs> by Hillbilly Jim. <laughs> Henry Godwin. Oh, I don't Hillbilly Jim. Fuck you. Oh, he's lost a uh, an arm. Actually... It's Henry O. Godwin. You get it? No, can you explain it his to me? His initials are Hog. Oh, that's fun. Like pigs, right? And then uh, then you had his cousin Phineas I. Godwin. Mm-hmm. Pig. That's just good comedy. You mean Phineas isn't spelled yeah. with an F? <laughs> <laughs> He's not Fig? Fuck. Could we get an NFT of Henry Godwin's appearance in this uh, match? Absolutely we not. We could, but I'll Million Dollar it. Man would buy it before any of us got our hands on it. <laughs> God, I'd buy it. <laughs> Look at the crowd, like in the background. No one is moving. It's Tampa. Okay, let me be fair. I've been to Tampa shows, and I'm not trying to knock my hometown here, but Tampa people are horrible for a wrestling show. I understand why they don't come here. There's one sign. (laughs) Right. That's my point. This is 95. This is a hot time period. In terms of, like, fan participation. Not even in terms of the show. And they're all looking. Everyone's... uh, you know what's funny iPhones. about this? Because this is before, like, t- I was gonna say this is before, <laughs> before like texting and stuff. So everybody's no, you normally you'd see people like on their phones and shit. Everybody's yeah. right. Like, the southern crowd, man. It's a, I'm telling you, Tampa. We 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 were there for like battleground and all this other stuff. Like people just do not pay attention. It's definitely and it's, yeah. uh And you would think it's now with, like, with the southern heat, you know, we're like mm. towards <laughs> the end of the match, like maybe they're just waiting until like the final two to. Well, in all fairness, I mean, how do you think they felt after Mantar went out? That's, I would have left. That's the air out of the room, right? So, right. what was Aldo left. Montoya's gimmick at the time? I'm not very familiar with the work of Aldo Port- Montoya. I think he was the Portuguese man of war. So, was his father so he killed? He was like a fighter fish. Was, was his father killed at any point? My name is Aldo Montoya. No. You killed my father. Prepare to die. No, that's not that. That's what I was no, thinking nothing, of. Nothing. <laughs> By Albert, yes. Nothing. Just literally the Portuguese man of war. I believe he was strap. originally supposed to be a soccer player, but then they like took that aspect of it away, and then he was just Puerto Rican. Portuguese. Puerto- <laughs> he should have definitely <laughs> he should have definitely come out with the kendo stick oh. like as Justin Incredible, but use it as a uh, a fencing <laughs> yeah. sword. What? Oh, Lex no. Luger's gone. Oh no! That was a huge, huge thing, by the way. Yeah, that was crowd popped hard. That'd be like Roman Reigns getting eliminated or yeah. something. I don't like that's up there. That was big. Oh, Kona Crush is here. He's gonna win it, I think. This is not Kona Crush. This <laughs> He's is He's always uh, Kona Crush to me. No. <laughs> is he uh Oh man, Shawn Michaels is moist. He's working <laughs> oh, his man. ass off his out hair, there. His like, hair looked like he just took a shower. I what do you now- think it smells like in there. Even though it's been about probably smells. three months since we nice. originally planned to record this, I now do remember when I was watching this back, my daughter, the only person that she popped for while I was watching the whole thing was a promo from Lex Luger leading up to this Royal Rumble, and I wanted to sell her uh, See? at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> what? Lex Luger was uh, the next Hogan at a certain point. But to this day, you know, as much as I'm a Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels fan, 
it's like I, I still wonder what if if like would we have gotten that like down period if they had gone with Luger? I definitely think they would because if Luger was the next Hogan, it would have worked. It didn't work. He didn't yeah. have the charisma of a Hogan. Well, well, remember in all fairness, what happened was that he was telling people, "We got the final two here. Let's not." Uh, the, now the people are kind of yeah, bold dog, the Shamble Anderson too. <laughs> because remember, this is the these are the two guys that it started out the rumble. This has never happened before. What are the odds? What are the chances? Right. But I was saying about Luger, he went around bragging that he was going to win the title at WrestleMania 10, which he was set oh to. God, mm-hmm. And then when they caught wind of it, they basically punished him. Oh right. So uh, yeah. So I mean, who, who knows? But I mean, even his happen. WCW run and like he never had that charisma that Hogan had. He never even after that came back to be the guy like we've seen guys get punished for being dickheads and look at what happened to triple H triple H still bounced <laughs> back from his punishment. Like Hogan never, or yeah. uh, Luger, well, Luger never did. did opt to leave. Remember that. Remember Luger was just like F this company and left without giving Vince notice. So, I mean, there's, I feel like people I, were tired of I like all American whole, shit at that point. I, I could get into the whole Luger thing because Bischoff didn't even want him to. And look at this, the famous moment, Oh, that's when his foot touched, right? Or it didn't touch. You know, so, these two well, have such the great time, chemistry in the ring together. Absolutely. But at the time, I was so excited for the British Bulldog to have won this Rumble. And they cut to a, an ingenious camera shot because they're only focused on the Bulldog. Yep. It's so funny because the whole crowd then, clearly understands that he's not out. Right. And then, But look at, look at the reaction here. Shawn Michaels so if people wins. Don't think, people are confused. People didn't think that uh, Shawn Michaels was over. Look at what the crowd reacted when he won. Look at Pamela Anderson. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Is this over yet? She's like looking down. She's like, can we leave? <laughs> so this is the first time we're getting like a really... So Fink saying only one of Shawn Michaels' feet hit the floor. Yeah. You know what? That also was such a nice touch to this match because the whole thing was just like they started with these two. Like it was a classic feel and then to have that little touch at the end. And this was this was great camera work like this was because if if y'all don't remember 94, they botched the finish of like, you know, the camera angles and a lot of mess ups here. So but this caught every part of Shawn Michaels literally not touching this floor. And this actually, again, remember at the time, this had never been done. Remember, they've yeah. always said both of your feet have to touch the floor, blah, blah, blah. But they've never done anything to emphasize yeah. that <laughs> both feet need to touch the floor. And this, So this is the first time that there was like that loophole of, mm-hmm. hey, he never, both of his feet didn't hit. Shawn Michaels flailing his legs all over the place. He like puts his leg on the apron, then it so slips good. off. It's, man. So good. He's a man. Do you guys think, honestly, though, do you guys think that spot was planned? Was it supposed to be like that? Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's why the camera camera was ready for it. Everyone was just, they were all ready for it. Well, I noticed when Sean was flailing his legs around, he kept looking back over like, is he on the top rope yet? Is he on the top rope yet? Yeah. Right. (laughs) And then Pam Anderson just wanting, like, nothing to do with Sean Michaels. She's like, I got to get out of here. She's Todd Pettengill's broad. All right. But it's Tommy's like one of those waiting. things where it's like you look you look in her face and she's like legitimately like I'm not doing this. This is stupid. 
Well, she's got Tommy she's Lee leaving while he's having. Can't fucking. <laughs> the camera's on her while the fireworks are going off in the ring for Shawn Michaels. Right. Pam Anderson is the story here. <laughs> this is really like a coming out part of Shawn Michaels. This is like the first like big spotlight he's gotten. Other than they you know, go off the, the air the with like four match. seconds of Shawn Michaels' face in the ring while Pam Anderson just left. I feel like it was a little bit longer. Uh, I don't know if I'm crazy on that, but I feel like it was a little bit longer than when they just faded out. <laughs> Peacock giving us the someone was in blackface version. At the end. Maybe maybe there was a PG-13 spot at the end of that match that we had to just edit out or something. That's something. <laughs> Well, but that was it. That Royal was the Rumble. Rumble. 95. That was my first time watching it. I don't know. I know Kenny or uh, Matt, Joey, was that your first time watching it? I've watched the that Rumble. event. The, the Rumble match itself. Yeah, no, I've watched I've part. watched the Rumble in parts and then like obviously yeah. the ending. I never watched it like all the way through like that. Yeah, so that was no, it was cool. it was interesting. You know, like it was like like you guys said, it was very fast paced, like not even entrance music to kind of stop the momentum going. Which, given like the people involved, he had a lot of like lo- like well done. Like, do we need entrance music for those guys? Um, but all in all, I mean, I think the pacing was good. It, it wasn't. It was quick, but it deserved to be quick. Yeah, that match wasn't even like an hour long, right? No, it I think it was, like, was like definitely like half an I hour. I think from what I looked at, 40. it was forty-two to forty-five minutes. And what's the right, record? Like the like today's record? I think is what it was. Rey Mysterio, like an hour something in the ring. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Just yeah. think about that. Like that's crazy. This might have been the quickest rumble, no? Like ever? I think '96 was the quickest rumble. Don't quote me on that. Right. But uh, I want to say '96 was just like so much quicker because I think this was like a minute thirty intervals, and then like '96 was a minute for some reason. I didn't even oh, okay. mind this either. I kind of enjoyed it being fast paced like that because you're on yeah. your toes the whole. Like you don't know if you're gonna miss something. You don't know if something's gonna happen. Like today's rumbles, there's kind of those down times where you're like, oh, let me go get a drink. Let me go to the bathroom. You know, like this was just like, go, go, go the whole time. This definitely yeah. had a let me go. And there's two rumbles now. I was gonna say, this, let me, right. this definitely let me go to the bathroom like right at the beginning. But uh, I also think it's the participants. Like, again, we looked at the final five. There wasn't really anyone in there. You're not excited to see anyone other than Mantar come out. Like, right. Real quick, yeah. Like, I'm actually still upset to this day that Mantar um, was eliminated the way he was. Um, I think Pam Anderson would have danced with Mantar. I do too. Just for the record, I, I, yeah. now I, I understand why I've been upset all these years. It makes sense. Right. She would have grabbed the bull by the horn, huh? Who's with me? It's penis. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I wasn't with you with the Owen Hart turnbuckle thing, but I. That was you yeah. put that uh, in my mind. You mean over the edge of what? Because <laughs> he's like. Yeah. Whatever. I put I put it in his mind. I'm trying to talk about a Bret Hart spot. That, that's and this such guy a goes stretch. Into that. that was a stretch because he hit him in the heart. What is that? Is whatever. <laughs> I will not take ownership for that. That is all you. There, there's three other people I will here put shaking their a heads. Poll. I'm gonna put a poll on Twitter and we're gonna see. <laughs> so who's you had four guys on the cock and now you're putting polls on Twitter. That's right. I'm taking your gimmick. Cock and polls. Huh? Cock and polls. <laughs> cock. <laughs> And polls. That, that is a good uh, summation of the show. But uh, that about does it. We're running about two hours now or so. Uh, appreciate you guys making the time. I know we've been uh, trying to make this happen for, uh, what, a month <laughs> or five months or something like that. But uh, it was a fun time. Definitely, I think we'll uh, do this again. We have a bunch of rumbles coming up in the next whatever. But uh, we'll definitely do this again. I, I kind of like this format of watching the rumble because it's kind of weird to like kind of try to talk about each 
aspect of it after the fact but uh yes so yeah thank you guys uh kind of go around the room uh where can uh where can we find you guys your lovely lovely podcast ritter i'll start with you or diesel diesel is daddy uh <laughs> you guys can find me at matt ritter that's at m-a-t-t-r-i-d-d-e-r on twitter and uh also at smack and raw pod on twitter and instagram and there you guys can go to the link trees that'll take you to the audio and the link trees that'll get you over to the videos on YouTube and Pornhub. We are the number one wrestling podcast on Pornhub, and I love that people actually go watch us there. So please continue to do that. It's great. A lot of people have probably it's finished. A long hard watch. A lot of people have probably finished with you in like the recommended videos tab in the top right, or just watch That's it. What I want to see, <laughs> Kenneth. Uh, you can find me probably at a strip club or a bar. Um, <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. It is um, Florida after all. Yeah. Um, I was going to say I've been on a little bit of a hiatus ski uh, for the past three weeks, so I've, I actually haven't had an episode, but you can find us at youtube.com slash Kenny for your thoughts. I am rethinking uh, our, our, I guess, format is what's going on right now. Uh, and, yeah, you can find us on audio, um, Apple, Spotify, uh, YouTube. Did I say YouTube? I did. Um, other stuff. Not on Pornhub, though. Not on Pornhub. I I don't want to compete with Ritter. Mm. I don't don't foresee myself winning that battle. You're on Lobster Tube is the <laughs> is the thing, right? You can't compete with Mantar. Come on, <laughs> Joey. Yeah. So uh, the Angle Podcast. You can find me on all social media platforms at the Angle Radio. You can follow me, uh, or you can subscribe on YouTube at the Angle Podcast. Or everything is on theangleradio.com bunch of different uh interviews with wrestling stars legends whatever you want to call them and uh yeah you can check me out all there hail yeah brother three great podcasts uh i like how we all kind of like have a different take on wrestling like a different sub niche between each of us um check them all out and uh yeah that's all daddy has Mwah. once again thank you to everybody for uh joining me on this episode joining me in this review of Royal Rumble 1995, thank you to Matt Ritter, Joey Carney, and Kenny Majid. Uh, awesome, awesome time with these guys. <laughs> it took a lot of uh, coordination to make it happen, but we made it happen, and I had a uh, half chub throughout. So good times all around. I'll have all of their podcast information in the description, as always. Like I said, three great podcasts. They all kind of have a different uh, take on wrestling. Uh, I said it in the episode, but like a different sub niche between all of us, between you know different styles of podcasting. So check out all of us. Um, well, I mean, you're already checking out me. So check out all of them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, apronbump.com for all my episodes. Uh, if you like this era of wrestling reviews, Go to apronbump.com, click the episodes tab at the top. You'll find Wrestling Wars of the 90s. Click on that and you'll have all of my episodes from 94 and 95 regarding WWF, WCW, and ECW. We have a, um, a lot more ECW coming up here in the next few months. They had their first pay-per-view November to remember. And didn't really have any other major shows until uh, February of 95. So my next Wrestling Wars of the 90s episode will be ECW. So keep an eye out for that. And yeah. Mantar. Am I right or am I wrong, fellas? (laughs) 
Thank you guys once again for listening. I love you. Tickle, 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 tickle. Yeah. I'm hard. Yeah.